From Atlanta, Fulton County. We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. Purple color, I see. Then you maintain the status. December 7th, night. And a question, a psychopath. Luchador mask up top. <laughs> I forgot, so we're gonna let it slide. But welcome to the show. We're here watching a little bit of television, talking about the world and ourselves through what is on television. Welcome to the show. Offense. Got the Hall of Fame game here up top. This exactly. is the official start to the. She was like, "Did preseason already start?" I was like, "Here's how insane the NFL is. This isn't even preseason. This is an exhibition game." Oh, oh. <laughs> but this used to be when I was a kid. The Hall of Fame game was like, "Okay, you can get excited now." Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's the beginning of fall almost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's always two of the shittiest teams. Yeah, they it's, never it's, pick winners to play the Hall of Fame game. The Bears played a lot of Hall of Fame games. Yeah, I remember the Vikings had a couple in there. Absolutely. A storied game, I remember. A famous Hall of Fame game was Tom Brady's first game as a pro was the Hall of Fame game. Oh, oh, so the Patriots and, in And it was Patriots versus 49ers, and it was Tom Brady versus... That hippie kid that they took from fucking Graziano or Tom, yeah, whatever his name was, or yeah, yeah, exactly. Gio, Giovanni Carmazzi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. A good Irish name. And he fucking say, just so. couldn't handle the couldn't couldn't handle the pressure. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's when the Patriots were not good. I remember that. I remember them not being a good football team. Dick McPherson coaching them in the early nineties. What a terrible name. team. Uh, they beat the Vikings in 91. I remember in a game, but anyway, I won't go through that. I won't go to that. Ninety one is when they first got their new logo, right? When they first went from when no, or no. was that the first Bledsoe year? Uh, no, 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 no. The first Bledsoe year would have been I think ninety three. I think when they hired Parcells and he became they the coach, changed they their changed their logo. The, yeah, which is the classic thing you do. Like we're going to change the culture. Like I think Dungy when he became the coach of the Buccaneers, I know they changed their uniforms within a year or two after that. I like the know? creamsicles. I got to be honest with you. Going back when I go on the YouTube rabbit hole of NFL films. I watch those and I have memory, like distinct memories of my childhood watching them. That's how bad, and I think you've mentioned this before, that's how terrible the Buccaneers were. Is they were so bad that their uniforms gave off a vibe of losing. Oh, absolutely. Like they were like, even though we have a good team now, we can't wear these uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Even though we have Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. And Warwick Dunn. I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah we're going to have to change our... Uh, the, uh, the, I don't know if I like that pewter, that pewter color they have now. It's kind of annoying to me. I heard they're, they're actually going to go back and place a few games in the old uniforms this the year. The Jets uniforms? No, no, yeah. not the Jets uniform, but the, the Buccaneers uniforms. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, and the Jets got the... They brought the co-tights back. Oh, they, oh yeah, exactly. Oh, God, it's, it's I just, love those. I call those, that's the Dennis Bird Jets colors. <laughs> Dennis Bird, for people who don't know, paralyzed on the field. Yeah, although I eventually guess, did walk again, though. Yeah, but then he just died. He, d- he died a couple years ago. Usually you end up, if you're paralyzed for life and you end up walking, you end up dying of like a yeah. cold. Yeah, yeah, later pneumonia, in life. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something bad happened. He died of a bed sore that yeah. got, got away from him. Yeah, yeah, because it's not good. But I, uh, it's interesting. This is going to be a good episode because you want to know why? There is no THC flowing in our bloodstream right now. Hey, I don't know. Is, you know. I feel uneasy. There's going to be plenty of THC after this show. <laughs> we're ending at 8.30, and we're going to fucking 8.30 local Pacific time. Why? We have a tight... Oh, no, down. I got paid. Well, she wants us to end at that time, and I got oh, paid, yeah. so I want to go get drugs. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. we're going to record cool. for eight hours. Yeah, you know, that, that that works for my schedule, too. I appreciate that. So I was going to say, you got a new gig, right, Keith? I've been, that's kind of what threw me, too, is I'm not used to having to just come home and do a show. I'm used to being unemployed for the last three months where I can sit around all day. Yeah. And yeah. plan a show. But this is, I've got to get back into like, that's planning good, a show while I'm doing other stuff. It's good. It's, it, it forces responsibility. It's a good thing, you know. Kevin Stefanski, Mr. Hot Seat right there. He's on the hot seat. Oh, he is? Yeah, they, they got to produce this year. I love that term, hot seat, if there actually was. Like, if there's a different color chair he has to sit on in the building now. Stefanski's sitting in the red chair. Is that another name for the electric chair? I mean, It just means you're close to being, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be axed. Well, they like this guy for the Jets, his former D coordinator for the Niners. Salah. Well, I definitely think that the Jets, they, they think that they're going to compete this year. Like, they think yeah. that they got enough of a defense It's always now. my hope that not, things like that never happen. As a Bears fan who's grown up being disappointed, yeah. I, I love nothing more than when someone sets a narrative for a team. And, yeah. that, like, I want nothing more than the Lions to go 4-12. and 12. It, I, Everyone's on this Lions bandwagon. Dan okay, Campbell's everyone, a clown. Yeah. It, He's a, he can't coach he yeah. just rah rahs he talks about breaking kneecaps and he cries yeah. <laughs> when when you lose like he's not good well here's their the thing offensive of, coordinator's good here's the thing exactly their offensive line is actually a very good offensive line they're gonna be able to score some points that defense it might even be worse than the vikings it's awful plus i mentioned this before their wide receiver room got busted for gambling so three guys are, have six-game suspensions. One guy got caught. That's coming down the pike. People are getting fired. There's people that are going to catch charges for gambling. Yeah, so it's, you know, and the fact is, yes, they were playing very well at the end of the season last year. But you know something, Keith? That was last year. It was also when the pressure was off, when they were one and six, they started to play better. When you're expected to play better, I'll believe it when I see it with the Lions. I will believe it. I still think it's the Vikings' division to lose. I really believe that. Yeah, with, I don't think Rogers, they'll win as many games as they did, no, they but won't. it's a shitty division. It is. And, and the fact is, you know, the Vikings have a first-place schedule now, so it's a brutal schedule. For the first time in my life... Not my, not my life, but for the first time in my consciousness, the Packers are probably going to be in last place. Oh, it, that is... I only know of good Packers. It, it is, Does that bring you? Oh, I'm ecstatic. I'm over the moon. I can only think of one time. Didn't they have a year they were 4-12 and 12 with Favre? Like 0-4, 0-5, 0-6? I think or, or maybe, and then they, those Ray Sherman years. Yes, exactly. And, uh, who and, was and, the black guy? That, uh, Ray that, Rhodes. Ray Rhodes. I know they went like 7-9 and nine with Ray Rhodes. I think it was Ray Mike Rhodes. Sherman, and then, yeah. They had a little bit of a scuffle there. The two before McCarthy. McCarthy was like them when they got back. To yeah, me. yeah. It, it was... 
man. I mean, I see again, I've said this before of your age group and age cohort. You have no memories of just how bad the Green Bay Packers truly were. They were an abundance. They weren't just, you know, teams are bad for a year or two. The Bears were bad last year. Well, you know, that should be in the rearview mirror now. They should improve. They were bad sustained for a solid two decades. My early years, when people talk about Lombardi, I, I had no memories of Lombardi. It's like the Packers are an embarrassment. They're a, you, 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 when the Vikings would lose to them, it was upsetting because they were so bad. Chester Markle, David Whitehurst. They had ter- oh, the late uh, Harry Anderson. Yeah. So we're, we're at commercial. We'll see what's going on with Night really Court. That much of a- Looks like Harry Anderson's teaching the adult school. Exactly. There we go. You know, for a while there, He's uh, dead. I, being- I feel like that was a 90s kind of once a season episode. They would have the like episode that shows you the adults that don't have education. <laughs> like there's always every show from the 90s has a. I'm 30 and I need my diploma. Oh, I got to go back to school. Like episode. My, yeah. The back yeah. to school type of thing. Yeah. The GED or whatever. Or yeah. We, uh, who are these actors? I'm no good with the schmaltzy stuff. <laughs> I feel like the heavy set guy I recognize. So. It's, it's crazy how like, I feel like now the way they, they're better at just like, writing regular characters to where even that guy, he's just talking like this all the time. I know. I know. Like, like, that's not, how people are. I know. To I where know. Now I feel like they let people like there's more of like, you know, do this how you would do it type yeah, of thing of yeah. like, you know, take be this animated, but do it like a regular person. Oh, if you watch a lot of like a lot of teen films from like the early mid 80s, it was like it was so obvious. Like you are the nerd. You're the you moron. are just in that silo. Yeah. You are the, the dude who's a stud. You are the you know, it, it was so obvious. Richard. Oh, I remember that, that guy. I think he's, he's dead. dead. He's dead. It's so too. funny how these it annoys the right when these archetypes flip, because this even reminds me of Barbie of like, you know how in the 80s, like all women were bimbos. Yeah. Or the whore. Yeah. Or the mom. Like yeah, it was yeah. these very set and in the Barbie movie, Ken the Ken dolls are like nothing. They're himbos. They're himbos. Oh yeah. And if yeah, you even yeah. think about it, it makes sense with the product <laughs> because funny. they don't sell Ken on his own. Ken just comes with Barbie. Oh, exactly. Ken doesn't have a dream house. Yeah. Ken doesn't have a car. Yeah. Ken doesn't have a job. What well, well the, the, Ken is just attached to Barbie. And that's kind of his plight in the movie, is he's just like like he just wants Barbie to recognize him and he's just this kind of blank slate who's just kind of like hey Barbie and then like gets all sad when she just walks past him and, I actually I have not people, I want to see it I the do. right I wing do. are hate it they They've, do they made men into these moronic fuck like and it's just like yeah they did what they did to women for the last 40 years yeah, of movies. 40 half for, forever maybe I don't know I mean yeah it's well, it's also, I mean, that's why, did you ever see the show uh, Gigolos? Did you ever watch that or hear, no. or hear of it? It was like a full Monty type of thing. What it, was, it was about, it was, a, it was a reality show about gigolos in Las Vegas and like dealing, following them around. And I remember thinking to myself, it was refreshing because these guys were so fucking dumb. I mean, they were just so dumb and va- And I was like, this is actually kind of refreshing. Like they're actually showing and they were going to their personal lives and their, their thought process was just like, like one guy was really debating whether or not he wanted to be a hustler. It, w- it was just, uh, and I, I thought that was actually kind of refreshing. You know, it was like, okay, yeah, these guys are actually idiots. You know, anyway, you got to see Gigolo sometime. Yeah, Barbie's so. good though. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you I might like see, it. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I want to see Barbie. I, I, initially, I wasn't really that into it and I was like, yeah, well, I'll see it. Here's one thing I will say that I would have done and I realize you can't do this because of diversity you need in movies. Yeah. Aside from them saying that it's Barbie world and them living in the houses, 
like I almost would have liked it if everyone was Margot Robbie. If it was just Margot Robbie and then they superimposed a hundred Margot Robbies and she just talked to each other. Okay. But like there's like a fat Barbie, there's a bunch of black Barbie. Like you're just like these Barbies don't exist. Yeah, they do. Like <laughs> they, half do, of the Barbies they, that are now? in but like there's no Barbie that looks like 80 Bryant. <laughs> like now they do. Yeah. But like there was no 80 Bryant Barbie huh. when they when those kids were playing. There's no Issa Rae Barbie. Huh. <laughs> now there is because yeah. the movie. Yeah. No, no, no. Like before the movie, there are black Barbies. There are Latino Barbies. There are black When did they make that when did they make that change with Barbie? Like what, ten like, years ago, fifteen years ago? Mid two thousands. Okay, okay. So they they, they actually kind getting more yeah, but yeah. that's that was my first thought. I was just like, Barbie World's a little too diverse. Oh, 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 because oh, <laughs> literally, literally. Oh, so they went from like blonde Barbie to like brunette and red haired Barbie Here, like I'll in the eighties or something yeah, like yeah. that. Interesting. And now, like starting in like the two thousands, you started getting body positivity Barbie. There is like a thick Barbie now. Yeah, yeah. So like um, normal women looking yeah, Barbies, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like real people, and then like you have black Barbie. And you have Native American Barbie, and you have Asian Barbie. Interesting, like, interesting. You have Latinx Barbie, and they're not just all in cultural wear; they're like legitimate Barbies doing Barbie shit. Okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was told uh, my my writing partner's wife saw, it, and she said the first couple minutes in particular are completely funny. She thought she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> she 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 she, she really enjoyed shot it. Is a shot for shot homage to two thousand one Space Odyssey. <laughs> no, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm looking. Cause I saw Oppenheimer, and as much as I liked uh, it, the last hour you got to shorten that thing up, Nolan. I mean, some of these directors, man, it's, it's just like it is. I mean, and, and I, you know, I kind of get into the idea of him losing his security clearance, you know, and how he, because he had his affiliations with the Communist Party in the 30s, which was common back then. You know, wasn't that uncommon? Tell me if I did. They did they do the thing where like. The black and white scenes are factually accurate, and the colored scenes are like, we don't. This might have happened. Oh, oh, good, good. good. I don't know. For I heard sure. they I really did that. Don't know. that I don't know because Oliver Stone did that with JFK. The oh. scenes that are in black and white are like historically accurate. Okay, and the least... ones that are in color are historical interpretations. Oh, okay. and I've read that that's how Oppenheimer is. That like, if it's a black and white scene, it actually happened, and if yeah. it's in color, they're just like guessing. Yeah, yeah, speculating. I just, you know, I I had pretty high expectations going into it, and it didn't quite reach them. I, I was glad I saw. Also, when I watched it, Keith, here's a, here's a quick story. I get in there, I'm with two buddies of mine. You know, the, the theater dims. Guy comes in, starts FaceTiming when the movie. I, I uh, mean, like, and I, he was. It wasn't like, oh, oh, I gotta turn this Mexican off. Mexican guy. I mean, oh, uh, god. Only know, people of color FaceTime loudly in public. I have to admit it, it. It was a person of color. Yeah, it was a person of color. Whatever. That's what it was. Uh, you know, okay, fine. You get a call, you turn it off. He said I mean, it was an extensive conversation. It went on and it totally distracted the first five minutes. You know what annoys the shit out of me when people do that? They'll be on FaceTime and then they'll put the phone to their ear to talk. Oh, like, God. just talk on the phone. And <laughs> if you're going to put it to your face because you need it, like, they clearly can't hear you. And here's what happened. Okay, it's fine. You do that, it's bad form. Well, somebody said something like, listen, we're in the theater. Oh my God, this dude, listen, and he started dropping F-bombs. Don't you fucking tell me I'm, I, I'm in my, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And he was talking to, I think it was his girlfriend who was getting popcorn. He was FaceTiming with her when she was at concessions. 
what are you doing? What are you doing? So that, that started out, that, that, that started off. It took me a while to get into the pace of the film uh, when that happened. And then also, <laughs> he sat directly in the seat in front of me. He was directly oh. in the seat in front of me. And then you know, my, my buddy was like, listen, when you cross your legs, don't accidentally kick the guy in the head. Don't do that. Like, so we don't want to make this any worse than what it is. But the guy was a jerk. He was a jerk. So it started out weird. And then the two people who confronted him, then, then a, a, they went and got a manager. The manager had to come while the movie was going on and basically dress the guy down. It just, it, it was a funk. There was a funk in the air as a result of that. It kind of, it, it, it uh, hurt the experience. So here we go. I have a picture of the party scene. And like, I just want you to like, I guess I'm just used to the misogynistic version of Barbie. Because yeah. when I was watching these party scenes, I was just like, this doesn't look like Barbie world to me. Like, Barbies all look the same. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Every Barbie looks alike. I, I didn't... All the black that. ones look the same. All the white ones look... like they, they have no... Like, I just thought there was too much, like, facial individuality. Like, I can tell oh. who these people are. Like, they should all look the same. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay, well, it's been so long since I played with toys. I used to play with the adventure people. Yeah, they've got that that I remember I I I don't know like the whole stories of I know Barbie was like every little girl got that you know and like yeah. a certain imagery and the, I like the the shit that came with it the the the, the, <laughs> the little rollerblades that sparked like a lighter wow wow yeah that they that, had that flint was, in it because when you would ride them they would spark you see this is you got the toys that actually they were they were good oh, toys they were dangerous but my, my, my toys were just they were just like whatever they were you just, just basic. had choking hazards exactly exactly like like the Boba Fett. You know, a thing that would pop yeah. off of his back. You know, that thing is worth like $30,000 now. Really? Because it, because it was a hazard, they had to make it to where the thing stopped shooting. Because kids were poking their eyes out. So so, so, so it, the Boba Fett that shoots the thing out of his wrist is worth like thousands of dollars. Wow, because it was wow. like, they stopped making them immediately. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, so I, I mean, with Barbie, he, he, I, I want to say something. With my generation and Barbie, of course, the idea was... It's unrealistic body image, like late 80s, early 90s. It was supposed to be, yeah. It was unrealistic body and then that, and that fed into the body image issues that a lot of particularly white women had. And they blamed a lot of that on Barbie. That was the extent of the analysis. You know, the idea of diverse Barbie, that, that hadn't happened yet. Here's really. the party yeah, scene. Yeah, I want to see this. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. See, like that's like that's Ken. That's Barbie. Like that's a good. And then they go to this party, and it's like these are just people in a Barbie house. Yeah. Like yeah. I just don't buy. I don't. To me, these don't seem like Barbies. Margot Robbie seems like a Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. This is. By the way, like this uh, just looks like real people hanging out in Barbie world. The marketing for this, they. They did a very good job with marketing Barbie. This thing is a hit. It is a hit. I don't think there's been a hit like this in a while. When was the last time there was a hit like this? Like a true, I mean, I mean 2009. Wow. Like literally, what was the oh, last? This is the one, the thing that's bringing movies back. Like I would say the last big movie was probably the last Avengers movie. Wow. But I feel like this is more like original content, not just necessarily a, a superhero movie. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Like, I mean, it's a it's an adaptation yeah. of like a toy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, inter yeah, I, I want to check it out. I'll see it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know it's kind of down on it. I don't want to see it. I'll check it out. I'll get there. I'll get there to Barbie. <laughs> you know, but yeah, so football season.
I, I have a question for you, Keith. Well, yeah. So first off, are you working full time? I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think dispensaries are open for like full, cause it's going to be like 9am to 10, like dispensaries have to close at 10pm. Okay. Okay. So like, I don't think there's going to be enough hours available in the day. Like, I, I think people are pretty much working four to six hour shifts. Is that what you're doing right now? I or think so. They haven't really gotten into it yet. Cause we're all still training. Oh, like oh the so store's it's a not new store? open yet. Oh, uh, where's it at? It's in Eagle Rock. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, excellent, dude. One of What's these days, called? I forgot you, I forgot you didn't have a car, because I was just like, Crocious can come pick me up from work. He's yeah, right over man. He's right over the fucking the hill there. I know. And for, I haven't had a car in, in almost six months Are you now. getting used to it? Yeah, well, Are I you mean, kind of like, there's a tipping point to where like, the first three months you were like, fuck my, like you missed your car to where like now are you in that to where like, I, do, I just don't have a car now. Well, what's cool about it is my girlfriend does have a car. So when uh, yesterday I went and auditioned at Flappers. Hell and, yeah. And they passed me. So they, you know, they're, they're like, come back again because we want to see, we want to put you up maybe as a, as a, as an opener or as a, as a host or some other thing too. We want to put you up in some shows, whatever, which was nice, nice day. But I drove up there in her car is the point. So, I mean, and so I can use her car, but it's still not my car. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't just use it whenever I want to. So, you can't um, make plans. Exactly. I mean, that's why I took the bus the, over here. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and then I, I've been Ubering a little bit more, but it's, to be honest with you, Keith, you know, as much as I, I liked doing Lyft, it was starting to get too old. I'd done it for two fucking years and I kind of missed that supplemental income, but my back, I, I think I was doing permanent damage to my back. Like it was really starting to get effed up. Ooh, they're back in season one with and, Mash, and, and it's not, it's not that way anymore now. I mean, my back is so much healthier. That is wow. attractive, hot lips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Loretta's. She is. Uh, well, yes, Colonel. I've. Um, oh, Frank Burns. Frank Burns. Larry, you know the story the about Kearney. him. Maybe I've told it before. I guess he, like his character, I guess in real life was a totally good guy. Like oh, a, yeah. Like fun and he's like guy. a Christian in this. Yeah, and he's, oh, he's an asshole. Well, that's right the whole, for jerk. people who don't know MASH, Frank Burns and Margaret Houlihan are like the fun police of the show. They yeah, like, they're, yeah. oh, they're so by the book and military, but then the joke is that they're cheating on their wives with their, like he's cheating on his wife with her. Exactly. And exactly. Hot Lips is like, they call her Hot Lips because she's like the whore of the military. Yeah, yeah. Hot you Lips know. Houlihan. Like all the generals bang down on her and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Look at young Alan Alda. So that's always the comedy is they're like yelling at people and then people are like, you're fucking each other. Like they're always, that's the wild part about this show that is so uh, that is so what? Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, what's, what's wild about the show? I'm just curious. Yeah. Like the comeuppance for them are like borderline sexual assault. Like they'll get back at Frank and Margaret by putting a microphone under the bed while they're fucking. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And like letting the whole camp listen to them fuck. Yeah. And, like, or make they'll out like, and shit. they'll yeah. break the tent down and all the walls will fall down. Like, or like they'll turn the water off and Margaret will run out of the shower with a towel. Like yeah, all of yeah. the let's get Margaret back is straight up sexual assault. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, look at the, look at this cast. That dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. dude, the guest stars in this were in Ed Bagley Jr. is a guest star Absolutely. in one of these. Lawrence he plays, Fishburne he plays the soldier that cooks well and they try and get him read. They try and get him off the front line because he cooks so good. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, major players were yeah. guest stars on MASH. Well, I mean, MASH was huge. 
It was huge when I was a kid growing up. Huge. They made you think you can drink in the military? Oh, yeah. They, they were complete alcoholics. I remember that being their, their big thing. <laughs> this is Wayne Rogers was still in it. Wayne oh, yeah. Rogers was, yeah, this is pre-BJ Honeycutt. I didn't realize Trapper John, the spinoff, lasted as long as it did. Oh, and CBS? For like six years. At, with Gregory Harrison? Yeah. And, and uh, uh, Patna Powers Booth, Parnell Roberts. Do you remember After Mash? Yes. It was Jamie Farr. And Potter, Colonel Potter. Colonel Potter. And then I also think uh, that the guy who played Father Mulcahy, I think, might have yeah. been in it, too. William and then they tried a uh, Hawkeye show, like, like a Crabapple Cove type of deal, wow. I think. Wow. Well, he but goes back to his hometown. I don't think Alan Alda played him, though. I think it was like a relative of Pierce. Wow. But it was like the same family. Wow. MASH was... I, I remember the last episode of MASH. I mean, it, it was, was a, Super Bowl numbers. 300, uh, 300 million people. That and the Who Shot JR episode. I remember that, that punchline to a Chris Rock joke. Remember the punchline was when the OJ verdict happened? He's like, I haven't seen that many upset white people since they canceled MASH. <laughs> so, so here we go. Frank throws his back out and applies for a Purple Heart while Hawkeye mourns the loss of a friend and sends an underage soldier home. What year is this? They said so this is season one. It's probably 72. 72 yeah, yeah, 72 is the first year. Because again, the movie uh, was 71, right? Or was 70. It? Yeah. 70. Um, it was funny. My, my my brother saw the movie in Norway in the early 80s. It was, it was at a theater. That's like a total rated R fucking romp. And, and they went and watched it. And like, like the, there's a scene in, in MASH where they play this football game. There's like a football game. And no one in Norway understood what the hell was going on. They didn't understand any of it. None of the in Europe, they really don't understand American football. Like they do. I, I try to get explain it. it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. People, it's so it's the start. What people complain about with soccer about how like you walk away, you don't miss anything because like they just con they're constantly playing the game and yeah. like they don't score that many goals. Sometimes the opposite confuses people about our football. Of like. Why are they stopping and starting so much? Yes. Like, when are they going to yes. play? Like, why did they Why did they stop? They just started playing. Like, that confuses people. Absolutely. And, like, the concept of plays, like, in soccer, there's tactics. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Don't, you don't draw up plays. There's yes. no, like, all right, you go to that side of the goal and this guy, you just... You're going to be 10 yards away. You're going to be 15 it's yards. It's not yeah, even yeah. that. It's like... Yeah. I need you to patrol this part of the field yeah, that's at zone. all times. Yes. It's all zonal. And like yep. your wingers are covering this side, but then also you're going to drop back here and cover your midfielders. Like it's like, uh, I gotta be honest. It's like an yeah. overall style of play yes. versus like, all right, we're going to run the fucking wing T right now. Yeah. Like yeah. people don't get that of like, what do you mean? They're running plays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, tactics are just, like, a style of play. You play like this all the time. Yeah. This is how I want you to play all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's interesting. I, I remember being in Europe the very first time I went, and there was a Viking Bill game on. And I tried explaining to these two guys, and they were nice guys, kind of a little younger than me, but I was trying to explain, like, the size of the field. Like, this is the size. You, you might call it the pitch. We call it the field. The second you say yards, they're and, like, what? And I'm like, well, it's a yard, which is obviously similar to a meter, it's a hundred yards, it's like almost like a hundred meters. And, and I was like, and then you, the, here's where they really lost. I was like, you basically, you have four plays, but really it's three to get 10 yards. And then you can keep playing. And then playing. you can continue to play as on offense. And that just, it just did not compute. The, the, the synapses did not fire. They just did not get it because their culture is inferior to ours. That's the reason I why. would always just tell people it's rugby, but you can throw the ball more. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was in, 
I was in Spain when I was trying to explain that to a couple guys who were from Belgium. <laughs> so it was that you know, is it England has American football teams? Yeah, like there's like little fun like. Almost well, like intermural leagues, and then there's also fan bases. Like the Redskins have a fa the Vikings have fans Cowboys, in, in England. Yeah, it's so funny when you watch one of those English NFL games. It'll be like Vikings versus Chiefs, and they'll all be wearing Tom Brady jerseys. Yeah, I know <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> no, well, that's why. I mean, there's a push. They want to try to get a team in London. I think. Oh yeah, they want to try. Well, to Well, the guy who owns the Jaguars owns Fulham. Oh yeah, the Khan family owns Fulham. Who, who from Chicago, right? Uh, the they area, but they're from, they're more from Champaign, uh, Urbana. Yep, because yep. uh, Shad Khan invented the plastic bumper. Oh man! So in other words, he made a lot of money. Yeah, you know, for like cars. Here's oh, how God. rich he is. When his son Tony Khan wanted to start AEW, the company, the wrestling company I watch, Shad Khan gave both of his kids their inheritances early. And he, he said, yeah, he said, he goes, he goes, I want to be alive and watch my kids enjoy this money. So like, yeah, I gave them all their inheritance so they could make a profession. Good to see you're putting it to good use. I like to see that. Don't, don't put it into a uh, curing cancer, but uh, make sure you can uh, do fake fighting for us all choreograph fighting. I, that's what I actually want to see, you know, so second generation wealth right there. But anyway, do you think they, <laughs> sorry, Keith. do you think they couldn't have cured cancer long ago? Well, no, no. I mean, it's not that they cure. I use that as a poor it's like example. Chris Rock said the money is in the medicine. They you don't, know. they can't cure cancer because drug companies won't make money. Yeah. Yeah. No, no there is some truth. <laughs> In that but how about putting it towards other things like man or maybe improving the education system of, of this country which fortunately that's going to happen when DeSantos becomes president when they eliminate the department of education because of course it'll get better anyway Speaking of i that, digress i don't want to go here we were talking about yeah. taylor swift because yeah. she's going to make a billion dollars on this tour she paid her truckers a hundred thousand dollars bonuses <sighs> that like drive her equipment her equipment and stuff well i mean and, and on top of the already yeah like she's given everybody like huge fat bonuses. It, it, so this is a big North American tour. It's a I world assume. tour. Yeah, so this is the North American leg of the Eras tour. Uh, where are they at? Where is this the beginning this, and? This is the end. Oh, so they're, they're calm. And this is a this is a big fucking thing because Taylor Swift. Here's what blows my mind. I was talking to Larry about this. Pop stars don't play shows like a band like we like the Foo Fighters. Yeah. You just know they're playing shows every year. Yeah. Even if they don't have a new album out, they're playing shows. Yeah. Bands always tour. Yeah. Taylor Swift has toured five times wow. in the history of, of, her, of her career. Of her career. Like it, pop stars don't play shows. Yeah. So when they do, it's a huge, huge deal. deal. Yeah. Like Taylor Swift hasn't performed a tour since before COVID. Because well, COVID yeah. can't, she came out with, she had an album before COVID, COVID happened. And then during the pandemic, she came out with two albums. Wow. So, so she, so this, so this is, and then because she's broke with her producer, Scooter Braun, who's like a piece of shit, she's yeah. re-recording all of her old albums and re-releasing them as new albums. No, no, she's released three actual new albums. Yeah. Plus, plus the Taylor's version. So yeah. this tour, it's a four hour concert. Wow. Where she's playing her entire wow. catalog. It's going to be, I'm going to have to get up and walk around. And like, not, I am not going to be able to watch this whole show. She's really indulging herself on this one. Well, yeah, on this one. Yeah. It's funny. I, mean, I went to a four hour concert. I saw, um, not Funkadep, a Parliament. I saw Parliament. It was a four hour show. I had to leave after the it's third hour. Much. I was like, I'm tired. I saw Carlos Santana and it was, unbearably long yeah 
Yeah, I, I don't think I can see my favorite band of all time past three hours. Like yeah. if Alkaline Trio was playing for more than two hours, I'd be like, all right, guys. Yeah. Come on. It's over. It's over. <laughs> like, Harry Styles was like two and a half, almost three. Yeah, but 30 minutes of him show is cr- of his show is crowd work. It's true. Like he, really just bullshitting he, with the crowd. He literally like, spends 30 minutes just talking to the crowd. Well, I, I know. <laughs> when, I saw, when I saw Parliament, they had a... <laughs> They played a song. They brought chairs out on stage so the band members could just sit on the chairs and like play because it was just like, I mean, and, and like other guys, they left. They left the stage. Like George Clinton left for like a half an hour. And he just came back in. They were pulling people off. Oh, I got my cousin over here. Come on up and play for a while. It was it was a bizarre scene. It, it was like, I, I it was fun. It was I can't the, do jam bands. Oh, yeah. The, the, the whole, yeah, yeah. Fish and all that shit. Oh, God. Fish is so Lame. I get it. Like even some of the music is fine, but like my whole thing is like you like it because you're on drugs. Yeah. Yes. Like if you like them so much, go sober. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't want to do that because they suck. Yeah, yeah. And you know if you're not completely out of your mind on drugs, this will be the most rambly. Noodling away. That's all jam band music. <laughs> Just do noodling on the bass for fucking three hours. But when I uh, uh, with jam bands again, I, I go back to my age. The Grateful Dead totally made a comeback when I was in college, and I. Did not like. Oh yeah. Musically, I think the Grateful Dead is actually okay. It's the fans I couldn't deal with. I could not deal with the fa- this kind of pseudo hippie thing. That like Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians. Remember them? I mean, I remember heard of them. Yeah. I mean, it is what I am is, is what, what I am is what I am. It's what I. That's the whole song. And, and she was. She, she was so popular. She was cast and born on the 4th of July, like just playing at a coffee house in Syracuse when the movement was happening, Keith. Did that song come out around on. the big chill? Was that a no, big chill? No, no. Because I know that movie was like huge for music. That brought doo back onto the scene. But, but bo- boomers love the big chill. Boomers love. Gold, Goldblum's in the big chill, right? Goldblum. I mean, William Hurt's in it. Uh, Joe Beth Williams. Uh, uh, Glenn Close. To this day. Cast. To Kevin this day, Klein? I don't know what that movie's about. Oh. I know it's about like doo-wop music and like it's about teenagers in the 50s, right? You couldn't be further from the truth. It's, <laughs> it, it is like the, it's like millennials thinking what the 80s are. That's how far off you are on what it actually is. What, what the movie is about is a bunch of former collegiate activists from the 60s who've gone on and, and into their life and they're coming together again just to sort of reminisce and talk about the kind of what their life was like and, and how their life has totally taken a different turn. Lawrence Kasdan wrote so it. So it's Diner. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's Diner with doo Well, there's not doo but they have like a lot of like classic rock. Chuck, it's like, uh, isn't Otis Redding in that a lot and stuff uh, like no, that? It's like also, soul music and stuff. It opens with, it opens with a few. Costner was actually cast and he plays a, a character who's a friend of theirs commits suicide and they all come together for a funeral in New Orleans, where Kevin Klein runs a business, and they're all just, they're basically talking about their lives and how they're so much more different than what they were when they were at the University of Michigan and they were, they were activists, you know, very much radicals back in the day. Not really. They were just boomers who were like partying in the late sixties. Yeah. They enjoyed and, Martin Luther King. Yeah, and now like, and now whatever. They're all making money, basically. Almost all of them are making money, and they're white, and they got white anxiety. So, uh, <laughs> but but I check. I mean, I think it's actually a pretty good movie. I mean, I think it does a decent job. Of kind of Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Raiders of a Lost Ark, wrote that movie. So, 
Uh, anyway, so that's what the big show. It, it's an hour and a half. You can, you can pound quick. through it, but it, it's a like an open like the first Baby Boomer song is of course the Rolling Stones song. You can't always get so it's a lot of like CCR, you know, and and the only that's the only reason I found out about it is when I started smoking weed. One of my friends had the Big Chill soundtrack. Yes. And he's just like, oh, this is like one of the best soundtracks of all time. Ooh, God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's there's popular songs in it. I don't know if it's one of the best soundtracks of all time. But yeah, you know, it it's worth checking out though, Keith. I think you might it's a ca- time capsule of like like aging boomer. When boomers started becoming middle-aged, you know, they were like in their late 30s and stuff. Uh that that's kind of that time capsule. I I don't mind the big show. It was decent writing, you know. But boomers, lo- it, it was like the breakfast club for boomers, you know? I want to get the track list to this big chill. Oh, yeah, yeah. It had like uh, Heard It Through the Grapevine, Heard It, you know, uh, um, uh, Marvin Gaye, you know? I think that's more what he meant. Like, it's like a great, like, this is like a great album. Like, well, I mean, it's I mean, like a, it's, it's like got a, hits, greatest yeah. hits. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's got hits on it. There, there's no doubt about it, you know? With the with the, with the uh, with the big chill, you know. Would you say an accurate description of our show too is like Mystery Science three whatever three thousand? That's what I tell people. I did. Yeah. I go. It's a Mystery Science Theater three thousand, but with TV. With, with, with TV, uh, yeah, exactly. So that, that would be our log line. Marvin Gaye heard it through the grapevine. Yeah. My girl by the Temptations. Yes. Good love and by the Rascals. Ugh. The tracks of my tears. That's what because we love that song in our group. Tracks of my tears. Oh, Smokey, Smokey Robinson. Robinson. Absolutely. So take a good look at my f- Smokey Robinson is all about tears going down his face. <laughs> tears of a clown. Tracks of my tears. Yeah. Do you know? Was it Ed? Hel- who was the African American guy who did did the podcast? Video? He was a good guy. I liked him uh, back. Ed in Towns. Track. Ed Towns. He he always talked about like he probably you, likes the big chill. You know when he said you see a black person with one tear go down their cheek, it gets him every time. <laughs> like in any movie, when there's a tear going on a black person's cheek, that's it. Yesterday I was watching Ed Reed's induction speech oh, to the geez. Hall of Fame in 2019, and he had. He had sunglasses on because he had some tears going Dude, down his cheeks. I saw Darrell Revis at this before this game because he's going in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he is. You are in better shape than Darrell Revis. Really? He's got a fupa belly. Like Whoa. he's not fat, but he's got one of those things where like he's got one of those bellies and like <sighs> saggy man tits. Like he eats Twinkies now. Ooh, man. He's like, you know, I worked out. I got my money. Yeah. I'm going to just do what I want to do now. Yeah. It's he's, he's on Revis Island. You know, when they say like, if you were on an island, what food would you eat? He's trapped on Revis Island and he's only eating Twinkies. I'm in better shape. Thanks. Appreciate that. So man. then we have uh, Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Oh, yeah. Three Dog Night was that's one of the bands on Playboy After Dark. Another Temptations Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Oh, yeah. 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 It's uh, it, Natural it's, Woman, Aretha Franklin. Oh, yeah. I second that emotion. By Smokey Robinson. I gotta admit, Smokey Rob have you ever really listened to Smokey Robinson? A little bit. He's honest. Michael he's Jackson good. sang all his songs better. I-, I know people like think that you know they think of like Marvin Gaye being of that era. I think Smokey Robinson can rival Marvin Here's Gaye. Here's one I don't know. Yeah. Procol Haum, a whiter shade of oh, pale. Turn a whiter shade of gray or white. Yeah, turn a whiter. And then it's the exciters tell him. Oh God. Oh, New York loves Aaron, don't they? They just love Aaron. I love these 80s lists because it's A1, side A, yeah. side B. Yep, absolutely, man. That's what it was. Um, oh, we almost snagged that one. Yeah, no kidding. See, well, this I, is what's so insignificant about the Hall of Fame game is like, 
they start the third stringers. Oh, absolutely. Like I mean, you get, just, that's kind of what the disappointing part about it was all day. You would get yourself excited because you're like football season is starting. Yeah. And then the game would start and it would, all of a sudden it would hit you like they're just anonymous. Oh, names. these are like nobody's. Look at that touchdown to interception differential. It's imp- just off that. I think he's, I won't say gr- he's the most efficient quarterback that ever lived. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I it's come on. He's thrown like, I don't think he's ever thrown more than like, 12 interceptions in a season oh, ever. And, and I can tell you, I think last year uh, he might have had this happen. I think he had, do you know how many pick sixes I think he threw in his career for Green like Bay? Like six or something. Four. Like four. Four. Do you know how rare, people get four in a season. Hall of Famers throw pick sixes. Uh, look at, look at, if you look at that, look, compare to Joe Namath's stats yeah. and see his interception to touchdown ratio. It's two interceptions for every touchdown. You know, it's just, but at the same time, he was famous, you know, so. That's kind of like Nolan Ryan, where it's like Nolan Ryan is considered the greatest pitcher ever. And like, I think he lost more games than he won. No, no, he didn't, but he lost, he lost over 200 he games. He never won a Cy Young award. Never won a Cy His Young. ERA was always in the fours and fives. Uh, no, he had some threes in there. He, he just was a strikeout machine. Yeah, and what early in his career, he couldn't find the strike zone. He had years where he walked like 220 guys and stuff, you know? I mean, at the same time, too, he would pitch 360 innings. I mean, they pitched every four days back in the day. And even in the offseason, he said... He goes, a big reason of why these players get hurt is because they stop. They don't pitch during the offseason. Yeah. He goes, I pitched that famously his wife would catch him in the oh. offseason. Oh. Like she, a little old lady would catch his fastball. Oh. There's a commercial that she's like catching it and then she takes the mask off and you're shocked that it's like an old lady. Well, I mean, I mean but he was like, yeah, I threw every day in the offseason. Like well, my, I never got hurt because my arm was always loose. Yeah. Well, you know, with him too. Uh, his mechanics throwing he had a big old baseball ass and his thighs and he used his legs i mean he he pushed off on that mound so his mechanics pitching wise were always exceptionally good but if you look at him too the guy has 5700 strikeouts that that's a lot of strikeouts man i mean if you have 2700 you're actually a totally good pitcher here we go let's see if aaron's talking about how he works for the johnson and johnson company now and how he loves the vaccine but the pieces are in place, and Robert has done an incredible job of putting a staff together that... that uh, I'm on ayahuasca right now, tripping balls. I, I'm, t- uh, I'm just, uh, you know... <laughs> I'm going on my spiritual I'm, journey. I'm peeking right now. Uh, speaking can... of William Hurt from The Big Show, I'm actually going to be in Altered States too. You know, did you ever see Altered States? Uh, no. It's a bizarre... You should check it out. I think you'd like it. I think you'd like I mean, it's, it. It was William Hurt's first. We came out in 1980. And he's a researcher working, I think, at Harvard or something where he goes into a sensory deprivation tank, but he does it while taking mushrooms and like peyote and stuff. Oh, wow. And he ends up awakening certain like a primordial like genes in, in his. So he, he devolves into like a caveman. It's really a trippy this is movie. like an episode of the Joe Rogan experience. Like, like if you watch this, seriously, Keith, you're going to be like, this is a, I mean, if you look at it now, it's like, this is a fucking trippy. He's back on! Ken Russell directed it. Who he died maybe 10, 15 years ago. Uh, it is a weird movie. I, I, just the weirdness of it, you're going to be like, this is bizarre. You take too many drugs, get yourself in a, a deprivation tank. Before you know it, you're, be, you're being like, and, and, is a long way from LA. and then he also like turns into this like amorphous blob creature. It's 
a weird movie. Like it's up there with like David Lynch's Dune in terms of weird movies. Look at Nathaniel Hackett's goatee. Wow. A lot of stuff. Did he join a biker gang in the off season? So is he. <laughs> Mike for so many That's the guy who coached the Broncos last year. Absolutely. That's when you know that took a toll on his life. He grew a goatee. To change his identity basically. Like, hey, don't, you can't see me. Uh, he was on the short list. It was between him and O'Connell for the Vikings gig. Uh, the Vikings made a wise choice. I got to say that. Nathaniel Hackett was probably one of the worst. I don't think I've ever seen a head coach get fired that fast. Flame out that fa absolutely. Like even Kotite coached the Jets for like five years. Yeah, well, at least a couple. Yeah, some. And he was like embarrassingly bad. Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. I have never seen someone give up on a head coach after one game like that. Yeah. Like, can you remember like no, after I, one game someone being like, "This guy's terrible." Uh, the, I will say this one thing, and you're right. He it, honestly, Keith. It's not easy to come up with names. It's not because it's like he flamed out in a hurry. That that Bronco team last year was an unmitigated disaster. They had problems. I loved it. That you kind know, of thing. What yes. happened last year with the Broncos? I love seeing that because of the, just their fan base. Just because the press, the sports media gets so fucking smug about their predictions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, this guaranteed double wins. Like, yeah. they just make so many fucking claims. They destroy people's confidence. Yeah, yeah. Talk about them like they're fucking stocks in the stock market. Do you know? Like, just manipulating people's emotions. Yeah. So you can pop a rating on your show. Yeah. So I enjoy nothing more that when someone anoints someone God and talks about how this is just yeah it's a question of how many super bowls they win yeah i love watching that shit fail <laughs> well i think this might be a good uh a time to uh to go into colin maybe a little bit maybe for, oh for, yeah yeah because yeah, we, we got a fresh broncos pivot here yeah yeah absolutely well there was one coach i can think of and i always go back to the vikings in 1984 they had a coach for one year named les steckle les steckle followed bud grant they were three and 13 in 1984 by the end of the season, like I'm not lying, Keith, like a third of the team, they faked injuries to not play anymore. I mean, they were they played the 49ers that year, the last game of the season, and lost 51 to 7. <laughs> That's when the 49ers were 15 and 1 and won the Super Bowl. But but that guy was terrible. He was so bad. Then they brought Grant back for a year just to like stabilize the ship to then bring Jerry Burns in. That they didn't get out of the Bud Grant shadow until they hired a, a Dennis Green. Okay, here we go. This is perfect. So this is from three weeks ago. Russell Wilson will be back to championship level. Uh, Randy, uh, he's been on the show before, says there is a lot at stake for everybody this year. We know that to be true because Russell's got a monster I like contract. And if it doesn't work, uh, Denver's going to be bailing water for several years. Sean Payton. Everybody in the organization has said this year. Also, Colin loves wealth, and the Walton yeah. family owns the Broncos, so wow. that's a big reason of why he thinks they're untouchable oh. now, too. Because yeah. you got the Waltons, they got... Huh? Yeah, the Walmart people own the Broncos. The Broncos yeah. are the richest franchise in the NFL. I can believe that, it's yeah. Key. So, I actually think... I met some Denver representatives... Uh, the Walton family invested some money at a place I worked at in Chicago because they were big into charter. You should have quit. You should have quit and had integrity. Well, yeah, the, the, they. I, I, I <laughs> exactly. I love that when liberals yeah. do that shit. Oh God, quit your job and just ruin your life. Yeah, just just quit your job. It's like geez. take a stand. Go go broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I philosophically, I had problems with charter schools. 
but they put a lot of money into it. And the place I worked at used to do a lot of lending for charter schools. I didn't do, I did something different. I did affordable housing yeah. lending, which Crocious is made, literally ate out Betsy DeVos. That was no, his no, job. That, 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 oh, God. No, yeah. It that would like, be like prison. Uh, <laughs> what an, the look in her eye, that whole like, I just have a spotless Christian mind. That That's just what it is. I'm just, you can't come at me. I'm just telling they run a Ponzi scheme. They're the Amway family. That's how they made their money. It was it was selling Amway. You know, she oh, she's terrible. She's oh, but whatever. When 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 DeSantos is president, there won't be a Department Bro, of Education. I think Donald Trump is going to win, dude. Oh, I think there's a good, huh? He ain't going to get convicted of no, shit. I don't think he's going to get convicted. I don't. Think he's going to be the president again, dude. My, my brother gave me a call uh, two nights ago. And he's like. I think Trump's definitely got a good. I think Trump's got a chance. The polling data is, has him eaten. Now, granted, a lot of stuff can change. Joe Biden has done nothing to. Nobody is on the Joe Biden bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, I think he's actually done a lot of good things. He has, but, but people don't just, realize it, and it's just you know he's, he's so old. frail. That's also what I don't get is like Trump is two years younger than him. It, it, it anyway, is anyway. Back to Colin. Yeah, yeah. We will go. I don't want to go to the Trump. Yeah, I don't want to go. There's three things we know right to be now. true. Without argument, they have upgraded the offensive line. Now, you can argue they're receiving and tight end cores, this, this, this. The receivers ranks have got problems. I think it's better than that, but we Judy's can argue okay. that. Colin loves PFF. You can argue their left tackle, their best lineman's back. They went and got a top guard and a right tackle. The O-line will be significantly better. Secondly, I don't you know, know about that. Was over his skis. Why? By September. People the Broncos have... last year in September had to hire a veteran assistant who could basically manage the game. <sighs> So this is all him, By like, November, this is his being like, Sean Payton's going to come in and just yeah, no, change no, the no game. Dispute. And number three, also not a dispute, Sean Payton's one of the best last 20 years offensive coaches in the NFL. He's a good coach, Those, I'm not going to deny that. He's so fucking overrated. How many 7-9 and nine Saints teams? <laughs> oh, he went 8-8 eight and eight four years in a row. What a genius. <laughs> He also got suspended for a year for yeah, his role for fucking, in that, for murdering Brett Favre. Paying your players for injuring other players. I'm telling you, Keith, when I was growing up, like Buddy Ryan did that. And that was just like openly done. Like Sean putting $500 bounties on players. It's Sean like, Payton, the guy who got fucking rolled by the Baltimore Ravens as the offensive coordinator of the Giants. <laughs> that genius. Who's it? Sean Payton was the offensive coordinator of the Giants when they went to the Super Bowl in 2000. The team that beat the Vikings 41 donut. That I didn't Sean know that. Payton. I thought he was with the Cow. I thought he went from Cowboys mm -hmm. to the Saints. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Because during that Super Bowl, they were like showing him a lot. I rewatched the game and they were like, this, this guy is a hot shot. This offense led by Sean Payton, one of the brightest young offensive coordinators. Uh, do, what was the reason why he left the Saints? Was it just it just time for him to go? What, he, re he retired. He like the Broncos got it, like begged him to come back. I don't think he ever planned on coaching again. Hmm. You know what they did? They like, here's a wheelbarrow. Here's a bunch here's of money. Here's a little bit of Walton money. Here, here, here you go. Here's money that we should be paying our employees I, I at Walmart. <laughs> it's for you. Oh, God. Walmart is o -line, so bad Hack it didn't work. They Peyton's got a big really selection. Peyton's really good. And the other break oh. that I think really helps Denver. Do you know, you know what the Wal you probably know this, the Walton family, I think, literally has, as I understand it, they literally have a jet waiting on a tarmac. When they hear about unionization potentially going on, they just immediately fly and they immediately uh, rent a floor in a hotel and get their attorneys. Okay, we, we, we got to hunker down to figure out how they're going to outflank this just to make sure that they don't get unionized. I mean, they 
are uh, uh, my my brother worked for an attorney in, in New Mexico who, rep, who sued Walmart and won. Here's what he sued him on. What Walmart's tactic was is they would say, okay, they'd have like employees start a project at the end of their shift, and then say, oh yeah, punch out, but complete what you're doing. Well, they would they would they would exploit like 15 or 20 minutes out of every employee in yeah. the store. Oh, so they sued him for that, and they ended up winning. What what they did, they ended up winning, and he won like millions of dollars. I think mean, it was like tens of millions of dollars. They have yet to pay the judgment yet. I mean, they just dragged their feet. They tried to throw all the tactics they used, and he ended up beating Walmart. But it was work to do that. You know, it's like that—that that was their management technique. Like, why is that okay? Yeah. Like, why it's not? You know, it's like you're paid a wage. If you don't get paid your wage, it's slavery. You know, it's just. But they don't fucking give a shit. You know, they figured it out. Go ahead, man. So this is Look at that facial expression. <laughs> oh, I love it. Look like he's getting sucked off by the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going or, or or so so basically his whole thing up until two days ago was Sean Payton is God. Russell Wilson's not washed. Like that was Russell Wilson is not washed up. He's not washed. Because he has to say that because Colin Coward, Colin, what he does is he really just sets his life into these opinions yeah like he develops an opinion and then just cements his career to that opinion sounds like and me. his opinion <laughs> for the last four years is that russell wilson is being held back by this defensive fucking retard uh yeah. pete carroll yeah he's too defensive coach holding russ back uh i don't i, I honestly think so then when he, he went might to Denver gone. the first year and played like shit, he needed to remind everybody, Russ isn't washed. This is yeah. Nathaniel Hackett being over his skis. Yeah. Russell Wilson's not washed. So for the last year, he's been trying to really grill that home. Don't, like, don't think yeah. Russell Wilson's washed. He might even get into it here. Four times this year, will they face an elite defense? Washington, who's got a rookie quarterback. The Jets and New England, both at home, Jets and then the a Buffalo, a Jets team a that J-Mac and many believe is going backwards. That's it. What, that is it. There aren't any there's elite. There's, there's like five good defenses. They have a great player or two. Well, that's what he's Raiders, saying. Like, they're Miami, not playing good defense. Well, yeah, in the league, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Kansas that's not really a great insight. Minnesota. Also, I love how he's like, how many elite defenses? I thought defenses don't matter, Colin. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was an offensive league. <laughs> Who cares? It could be the best defensive in the world. I uh, thought offense trumps defense every time. I, I, is Wilson, is he 34 now? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he's a psycho, and Russ is trying to be like, I'll, I'm going to play for another decade. He wants to be like Tom Brady. Uh, I, I, I don't... Like, that's why the Broncos spent so much money on him, because he said, I plan on playing for 10 more years. <sighs> Good luck. I'm I sure you plan on playing for 10 more years, whether yeah. that's as a starting quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> You could be playing in some arena league. Points a game. I, I think with him too, and the league the, average um, was twenty. The size thing might be affecting him a bit. I, I don't know, just his physicality. Well, we're going to be getting into it. So this is so we'll go back and we'll go to two days ago now because something dropped two days ago, and it was. I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, I'll shut up. No, no, no. I. Uh, I just want to watch it. Let me see if this is from it. So there was this report that came out that Sean Payton was a little concerned that like they talked about what are you doing with Russell Wilson? And he was like, you know, we're going over his mistakes a lot. And like it was kind of revealing that like it's ba they're basically saying that Russell Wilson's not doing that well in Sean Payton's offense so far. 
they probably think he can work with him. They turn him into Drew Brees. Well, He's a, small, a smaller quarterback. Here's also what they were saying is, and to that point, they're saying like, Sean Payton's offense is, is a sit-in-the-pocket offense yeah and they're like i don't think russell wilson can do that yeah it's he's best when he's on the run i think when a play breaks down cousins rose 57 spots and is now ahead of aaron Rodgers. we know that's not the case we know there's not a single gm in the league that thinks cousins is better than aaron i don't think they realize that the nfl top 100 is picked by the players yes it's a popularity contest Yeah. Justin Fields is ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Because Trevor Lawrence is a long haired fucking Nazi and Justin Fields <laughs> is cool. That's why he's higher. <laughs> is Lawrence got bad politics? Him? No, I don't know. Who he's knows? probably fine, but he's yeah, yeah. fucking he's a boring white guy and Justin Fields is the most electric player in the NFL. What? <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> I don't think go that far. But, he, but I think he's gonna be pretty good. And so as far as running, who, who, who does yeah, I, I, he is good at that. Uh, who do they open up with? The Bears? The Bears, yeah. Green Bay, at home. Ooh, is it the Sunday night game, or, or is it a... Uh, uh, I don't know. I, let's, what, what do you say about Cousins? I'm curious. Oh, uh, fuck. It's okay. It's no, okay. I exited out of the whole thing. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, it. it uh, I will say, with the Vikings and, and, you know, you know their defense, it can't get any worse. So they got Flores as the coordinator, and they, and they just got young. They, they got rid of so many players on D. Patrick Peterson, Shannon Sullivan, Duke Shelley, Eric Kendricks. I mean, they got uh, uh, Davlin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith. They, got, they did an overhaul on their defense. So they're implementing a new system, and it's just all youth. They're going to make a lot of mistakes, but they're going to be much faster, and I think they're going to have some flashes where they're good. They're just trying to do a lot of like different looks and do much more blitzing, I think. To get after the quarterback and stuff. So, but people say offensively speaking, with them having Hawkinson for a full year, I think their offense is going to be pretty good, actually. You know, and obviously the fact is, and with training camp, people say Jefferson looks amazing. He just looks totally good. You know, I mean, he he truly is a good football player, you know. So I, I thought okay, I thought C- Cousins had his best year ever as a Viking. So I I think working with I O'Connell guess this, has been good. This quarterback show has done like people love Kirk Cousins yeah, on this yeah. quarterback I, show. I guess it's portrayed him a lot in a much as more like non robotic. Yeah, yeah. And he's actually kind of got a sense of humor and One stuff. One of my and, buddies that I work with was like, dude, I love Kirk Cousins on that show. I was like, my friend calls him a Christian robot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's probably gotten better yeah, at that. O'Connell, I think, is a pretty good, honestly, dude. So far, so the first year of the O'Connell Mensa regime. Uh, I think that the Vikings are headed in the right direction. They're going to have to have a year, though, where they, they got a lot of contract money and dead money on the, with the cap that they're going to have to uh, deal with. They, they, I mean, they're probably not going to be as good this year. I, I bet you they, uh, they're they they're over under eight and a half. I think they're going to be over, I, although they play a hard schedule early in the season. They play the Chiefs early in the season. They play the Eagles early in the season on the road. They got a tough early part of it, although they open with the Buccaneers at home which should be a win. They should beat the Buccaneers at home. So here's what, I can't find the video of the pivot, but I'll tell you, because there's, yeah. a, there's a pivot and a repivot. So he's been all about, all on the Broncos nuts. So his usual, like, yeah, he flip-flops on so it. He's been all on the like Broncos nuts about yeah. how it's going to be a lockdown. Then, like, three days ago, it comes out that Sean Payton's going over a lot of mistakes with Russell Wilson, and he's, you know, it's, it might be not as a match made in heaven as we think. Yeah. Then yesterday... This comes out because Sean Payton is like, oh, by the way, I've been pleased with his Sean progress. Yesterday, talking about Russell Wilson's growth. But I want you to listen growth? carefully. So, yeah. 
So that he is what he is. This is the pivot. It's like you've been talking about how they're this match made in heaven. Yeah. It's going to be a complete double your win total. Then a day ago, you break the news that like, oh, it doesn't look like it's going too well. Uh, yeah, you know, he's yeah. going to, I hear the word mistakes. I don't like that. Like he was really kind of like tripping. Yeah. Of like, oh, no, I hear the, the mistakes. That's not good. And you're going over mistakes because yeah. they asked Sean Payton, what's the first thing? What's the first thing you do with Russ every day? And he pretty much said like, yeah, we go over the tape. We fix his mistakes. And Colin was like, oh, sound a little uneasy. So then that news kind of spread. That was kind of the talk of the day is like Russell Wilson's not doing well in Sean Payton's offense. So then Sean Payton had to put out a statement that no, 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 I'm pleased with his progress. So then yesterday, Colin has to re-pivot the pivot of like, oh, no, no, now he's saying he's pleased. So now I'm back to the Broncos being Super Bowl Jesus champions. Christ. Every word is just and remember, under a damn Sean microscope. Sean Payton and Drew you know? Brees. Here we go. Now he's got Russell Wilson. Here he is talking about Russell Wilson. We're really focused on what he's doing within the offense. Um, obviously, he's moving around well. His weight's down. He's in real good shape. He's working really hard. That bitch Sierra's not around anymore. Is that his wife? Yeah, she's a pop star. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. She's turned him cringe. Like, Sierra, there's a very strong theory that Sierra's made him like Hollywood. That, like, he wasn't team russ and all that shit uh, wearing the fur, fur coats and stuff that like she made him she gave him a big head pretty much oh God. like people russell wilson fans hate sierra like true yeah like yeah. she's there's like that's like yoko to them yeah yeah <laughs> okay you know there, there are a lot of nuances still we're working through each day you know you kind of look at the film and you start again with the corrections see that's what that's <laughs> what that's what colin freaked out on but I've been pleased with... There shouldn't be corrections. I've been yeah. sucking your dick all offseason. What do you mean corrections? <laughs> Progress. I have a theory. This is just in life. I wish I would have heard this when I was younger. I didn't hear this until probably my mid-late 30s. And I wish I would have heard it when I was younger. The, I, I used to think, oh, oh, your weaknesses, like, focus on improving them. Like, wh what are the mistakes you've made? No. What do you do well? And do that. Do what you do well, because I found with your weaknesses, you don't necessarily, they're weaknesses for a reason. You don't know why you can't do it. Well, you know, I mean, like, if your weaknesses, you can't count. Well, yeah, 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 like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's a major thing like that, but I, I feel like know what you do well. Huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah. What do you do well? And, and, and I just think if I could have known that, I'm glad I figured it out later, I think. And I still, I think I figured that out, which is good. But I think when you focus on your, on your weaknesses, for me, when I was younger, then you would just dwell on your weaknesses. That's a waste of energy. That's not a good thing. Don't dwell on your weaknesses. Just, it's not, you know, don't dwell on your weaknesses. Like I was, I was channeling Coward there. Anyway. Each day yeah. you start again with the corrections. Did he ever say that about Drew Brees? There's the pivot. Uh-oh. We just saw a video about how this is a lockdown. Double your win total. Greatest offensive coach. Now. Well, he, it's just, he's basically attaching himself to a player and just trying to kind of like fashion, fashion a narrative. You know what I mean? Well, like, well I'm with this. And, and what you know. he does, what Colin does, is he pivots in a way where he's like, changes it to like, this is what I've been saying the whole time. When in fact he hasn't. Been. He is not at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's not cool. And he then when it's such an aggressive pivot, that's when he'll be like, well, only well, Justin Fields is going to be the, win the well, MVP. No, that's when he'll be like, well, only losers don't change their opinion. 
But like he uh, sometimes he'll embrace like, yeah, I might say sing one day and then say sing, say something different the next day. I got more information. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th th then don't be so vitriolic in the because first day. They're shorter, smaller than sort of your prototypical quarterback. But they're totally different players. Breeze was the great pocket passer. Super accurate. Get the ball out quickly. Always made the right read. They show him moving Payton here. He's a pocket passer. You see something. He's yeah. passing from the pocket. There. Yeah, and he shows him moving around. <laughs> He's like running and scoring a touchdown. Also, pocket passing is what he criticized uh, Pete Carroll for doing in Seattle. What do you got him sitting in the pocket for? You move him around. Predictable and accurate distributor of his genius. Very much mon His genius. Drew Brees wasn't a Hall of Fame quarterback. He was an accurate distributor of Sean Payton's genius. genius. Yeah. I, I am again I'll say this I said this a million times I'll go back to this line this won't be the last time I say it. it's not the first time I said it I am so sick of this idea that these NFL coaches are chasing around Erwin Rommel in the North African desert I was during just the gonna say World war it's just like th these like these geniuses and their 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 coaching tree and the are disciples not geniuses a lot of them are media I, I got news for you Mike Singletary head coach the 49ers was a certified meathead. Wasn't he going to potentially be a Bears coach? Wasn't there rumors of that? Oh, yeah. Oh. Just this last cycle. Well, aren't you happy like that did not happen? I said, I said, if they hire Singletary, I will stop cheering for them. Ooh, like, that's a big stake. That would be a total neglect of yeah. any sort of NFL intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm glad they were smart enough to realize that, you know. Are, are they, is it a fit? Are, are they, have they, are they officially going to move to Arlington Heights? No, man? now they're talking about other cities, other towns, and now they're actually, since Lightfoot's gone, they're kind of talking to Chicago again. I think they were... trying to open that up just to yeah, see, yeah. I think it was just Lightfoot. I think Lori Lightfoot was in... She's in over her skis. Uh, I, I don't think people liked Lori Lightfoot very no. much. I think she was an unpopular mayor. Yeah, she was a cop, wasn't she? She was a cop? I think yeah. she legit was a Chicago yeah, police, police officer. officer. Police commissioner or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, people didn't, well, they also didn't, like, I, I think that she was overwhelmed by A black lesbian? I know. <laughs> I wasn't there for any of her mayoral. I mean, I, I, Ron was still the mayor when Dude, I was there. It makes me laugh when people talk about how woke Chicago is. <laughs> Watch how long this new mayor lasts. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. And I love him. He's yeah. a progressive. My man ain't going to make a full term. Yeah. You know, He's going to do some woke shit and they're going to eject his ass do you from know, the mayor's seat. I've always talked about, you know, Illinois has the fourth most Fortune 500 companies of any state in the country. They had 34 Fortune 500 behind New York, Texas, and California. Big companies. Pillsbury. Big companies. McDonald's. Archer Daniels Midland. Big companies. Well, I just found out they've had three Fortune 500 companies leave over the last couple of years. Chicago? Cata yeah, Cata yeah. Caterpillar, Illinois. It's the Ca Texas. Ca Caterpillar moved to Texas. Uh, this big hedge fund that had like $300 billion moved to Miami and Boeing moved their headquarters to Northern Virginia. Yeah. And they had you know? just moved to Chicago. Well, about 20 years ago. Yeah. 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 They and moved they, from Washington. Yeah. yeah from to, Seattle. To, yeah. And it was basically all it was was basically the brain, like the 500 executives moved to Chicago. Uh, Daily got a deal cut where they carved their, their state. They didn't have to pay state income tax. <laughs> He carved that out for, to sweeten the deal or lowered their standing effects Dude, dramatically. Dude, Brandon Johnson already got backlash from the Senate, from Pritzker, because he, the first thing, the, this motherfucker wins the election. The first thing he says, 
oh, I'm going to tax the mercantile exchange yeah. to hell. Yeah. Then they were like, all right, we'll leave Chicago. I know. And they I, were like, I, and if the mercantile exchange leaves Chicago, you will go bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, that's a problem. So then I mean, Pritzker goes, I will not let him do that. Yeah. Like he basically said, like, that will yeah. not be happening. Yeah. Like you yeah. will, we will not be taxing the Chicago mercantile exchange. You know, exchange. as much as and I, I own my place back there and I, I love Chicago, I've, I, I miss Chicago. I do. I don't think about it a hell of a lot because it bums me out too much. But but the fact that that state is so fucking messed up, although Madigan is finally gone, he's going to go to jail, I think. You know, it's just like, it is so botched up that it's like, it's got, the unfunded pension obligation, I think, is like $400 billion. They don't have, they can't generate $400 billion to like fund the state worker. It's not going to happen. People aren't going to get the pensions they think they're going to get if you work for the state. It's going to be cut in half. The state may have to file bankruptcy at some point, which has never happened in the country. I mean, all but, families got to do it. You know, anyway, but anyway, file sorry. for bankruptcy. You get a new picture window. <laughs> that was always that's that's how we, I knew we were poor. We would have to remortgage our house if we wanted to do like I remember one time my mom remortgaged her house because they wanted to like build something. Yeah, because they were like, we'll get a new loan. Like we'll get a we'll get a we'll get a bank oh, loan. God. That's such a bad model, I, but I, I'll be honest, I did that. My student loan debt, because I had a bunch of student loan debt, I just took out a second mortgage on my place and I paid it all off. Yeah. Now, the fact is, I couldn't write off all of my interest for my student loan and it was high interest, and I could write off all of my interest on my, on my condo, and then 08 hit, and I was fucked. I, it, it took me, Keith, uh, Keith, honestly, it took me until, it took me about 12 to 15 years to start building equity up where my place is worth more than my mortgage amount now. I mean, I was underwater. And then Crocious got back in the scene, you know, and started doing stand up again. <laughs> anyway, we'll finish the pivot and then we'll yeah. take a break. Yeah. Let's do that. Accurate, got it out quickly, made the right read. Perfect for Sean Payton and Bill Walsh. Russell Wilson's different. He's an ad lib. Oh, I thought he wasn't washed. He's different now. Oh. He's an ad libber. Often he does Mad Libs. Yeah. <laughs> you were doing Mad Libs? Likes to be the thimble when he plays Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> Owns Park Place. What, what, what were you in Monopoly? I liked the car. Yeah, I like the car. I like the horse and the car. Yeah. Like the Western guy. Like, I, I like those two. Yeah. Fan of the boot. I like the boot. The boot? I, I like that it, like the tongue was like it was a poor person's shoe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I got to change the battery here real Absolutely. quick. You know, I, I had a buddy who... who, who, who uh, Studied overseas when I was in college, and as you know, when I was in college, the Cold War was still going on. The Soviet Union still existed. And he went to Karl Marx University in Budapest in Hungary. And he said that they had a game, they had a monopoly equivalent in, in, in Hungary. And you know what it was called? It was called Efficient State Economic Planning. That That's was hilarious. The that was the name Often of the game. <laughs> That's so Russian. You know, Efficient State Economic Board Planning. Board game in which you buy property <laughs> and build hotels on them. You know, yeah, but, but Monopoly was all about just, where I guess like, like in the media, when he, when he was, you know, the Iron Curtain was still up, the media, the way America was portrayed, it was the Monopoly guy symbol. It was the he guy with the eye monocle. Like, that's what America, like, they would put that symbol in. Do like, you want to know? Here's story time. Yeah. One of the biggest embarrassing meltdowns I ever had was when, this is the one, some of the hardest I ever got made fun of. I went, we were in my dad's basement. I went upstairs and went to bed because they were making fun of me so hard. I, I've never had that happen, Keith. We were playing Monopoly. Just kidding. And I... I landed on, someone landed on one of my properties. Yeah. 
or and I I I had to pay someone a thousand dollars. Yeah, and I with like with the most confidence in the world handed them a five hundred and go give me change because I thought it was like a oh, more than it was. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And like after they were like what, and I was like give me change. Like I was trying to be like a big shot. Like yeah. oh I owe you a grand. Who cares? Give me change. Yeah. And like it was only a five hundred dollar bill. They made fun of me. My sister, my best friend Wesley like three on one for like an hour well, about well, what were they because i was stupid like oh, you, you oh, handed yeah. you thought you were handing me a thousand dollars and it was only 500 you just made a mistake you're but i did to it with that. so so much confidence i've done that before many we times couldn't <laughs> i couldn't <laughs> I do make that now for they did the thing where like it wasn't they weren't making fun of me like constantly but anytime i would make a move in the game they would bring it up Oh, Keith, of like, you know, Keith, if you, you land got, you on got Baltic, a, yeah. like, you know, that's $200, right, Keith? Like, yeah. they were just pretty much like, I'm, a, I was a retard for the rest of the night. Ooh, and you just went basically, just I was just off. like, I was like, dude, fuck you guys. Like, yeah, okay. Like, and I was just like, all right, I'm going upstairs. God. And they were like, why? I remember fights occurring because I was Monopoly. like, dude, fuck you guys. I remember playing Monopoly with some, I have a similar, I remember playing Monopoly with some family members, and my mom and I made a trade of like different properties and money and stuff. And then, and then, like, we did it for a while, and we played for a little while longer. And, and, and my uncle at the time, when I was, like, uh, I, I landed on a property or something like that, and, and he's, like, and I was kind of, like, contemplating. He's, like, yeah, now you realize what a bad decision you made. And I was just, like, it was a real reveal of, like, holy shit. Like, this guy was pissed about me making that trade. Here's what got me about shit like that. I don't mind being made fun of. Yeah. But, I was like, 16. be a little bit more clever. What got me mad is it was, like, like you're just it was like you know when you try and say something and they like just stop you yeah like yeah. you're not even letting me get a word out like yeah. you're just torturing me yeah. over this 500 dollars. That, that's a tactic like it's like uh, uh, and they would just up oh, because 200 dollars, a thousand dollars like yeah. and i was just like oh my god like yeah i'm just leaving like yeah. this the game's not fun anymore <laughs> yeah 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 exactly man god exactly and like here's how i when wesley my friend when he started being like acknowledging that he was kind of being mean to me one day i go i'm gonna make fun of you all day like you make fun of me and then i just kept being like you fat fuck you fat fuck wesley because you're so fat you fat fucking piece of fucking shit you Ooh. fat 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 Here fuck, we fuck, go. fuck fat fuck fat yeah, yeah. you fat you fat fuck yeah. and he was just like whoa and i was like that's what you sound like to me yeah yeah i get it i'm fat like yeah you don't have to say it every five seconds yeah yeah and he's like all right man i get it i was like yeah. it's not like you're just being a hack yeah yeah. Oh, you can't do that because you're fat. You yeah. need because you're fat. You fat. Oh, God. Fat, fat God. Keith. You fat. Dance fatty. And fat, on that, fat, fat fuck. And on that note, let halftime begins. <laughs> oh man, I hear you, man. I hear you. I, I, I was just I, like, I, Jesus, I feel you, man. I feel be you. Be clever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just what well, you know, what I've been told by by true bullies. By true bullies, uh, they, they say all you got to do, you just have to have one thing. And you just hit that and needle it over and over and over and over again. That, that, that's basically what a bully does. Truly, that's all you need is this one thing. It doesn't have to be anything else. You know? are not and if you know you're getting that someone, you just breeze. keep doing it. And I think it, it's you know? interesting. Listen to the quotes by Sean Payton. I do not remember Sean Payton ever saying about Drew Brees, I'm pleased with his progress. You look at film and you start again with the corrections. So when Sean 
Payton fired off last week. When I had Sean Payton's penis in my mouth, I used to suck him off every Monday after he'd be on this show. Aaron Rodgers made a point, and maybe he was right, of saying, it sounds like he knows it's going to be rough. It's kind of insecure. So it's there sort of it is. First, it was double your win total. This is going to be a home run. Now it's he's starting to think it might be a little rough. Now he's made. So this is the pivot. Uh, protecting you in case things go around. Keith, learning a new offense when you've been playing professional football for 12 years, is it truly that difficult? Is it really? You know what I, I mean? Terminology, yes, I believe it's probably, but I don't think the terminology is, it's just, oh, you're describing that play only this way. It's, it's a different language, but it's the same thing. Sometimes I think Colin embraces this, these stories because he knows he's ridiculous for yeah. saying that, yeah. like, this is going to be a lockdown. They're going to win Super Bowl. Sean yeah. Payton's a genius. So when something like this happens, he's like, okay, this is where I could, like, this is where I could change my narrative and make people think that this yeah. is what I've been saying the whole time. Yeah. When you can just Google from nine months ago God. and I'm fucking <laughs> piping off the Broncos nine minutes for an ago. Hour. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Wilson needs yeah, he to be contradicts himself and shaped by Sean Payton. I, I don't, I mean, I can tell you one thing. I'll go back to it. And I, I always go back to it. I'm sorry to keep doing this to people who are listening. If you get, if you get bored with it, I apologize. Go back to the Vikings with O'Connell and coaching Cousins. There's no doubt that Cousins improved. It was the best he had played. He was a little, but he wasn't that different. He was essentially, the, and when it came down to it, Keith, when it truly came down to it and it truly mattered, the old Kirk Cousins revealed himself when he checked down on fourth and eight their last play of the game against the Giants last year. You know what they actually yeah. showed, and we'll go to break on this. Um, interesting thing. Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins have, like, identical playoff numbers. Mm. And everyone considers Cousins this playoff choke, and Joe yeah. Burrow is, like, the golden boy. Yeah. So people were like, heck, what's up with that narrative? Well, like, they I have mean, the same stats. Well, it's because he did go to one Super Bowl. You know, I mean, Burrow went to a Super Bowl, and they beat the Chiefs in the playoffs on the road, I might add. I, I, want, I want Mahomes to have a road playoff game at some point in his career. I'd like that to happen. He's never had a road playoff game, Keith. He's never had one. All of his playoff games are, I guess, when they played the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. That was also the COVID year, and there was like half the fans there that normally there would have been, you know? Anyway. But anyway, here yeah. we go. Do you want to take a break? Yeah, here? I got to take a break. Man. All right. Well, here we go. We're going to play some music. We will be Great. back in a few minutes. Thank you. This is Keith Basil. Yes, I'm relieving now that you're leaving So that you can pay Yes, I'm relaxing Hear that you're asking Whenever you get to Yes, I'm soothing now that you sue me
have the rights to this song we just play it that's free speech She's moving 
went too fast and all he wanted was to hold her Nothing that he tells is really having an effect He whispers that he loves her but she's probably only looking for So much more than he could ever give A life full of lies and a meaningful relationship Welcome back to the show, everybody. Bringing in a little brand new. Who, who is that? Who is brand new? That's the name of the band, right? Yeah. Oh, good name. Every one of their albums is a different genre of music. Like they they started out the pop most pop punky of pop punk. Like, like <laughs> and then their second album is that. Their third album is like more indie rock. Okay. And then their last one that they came out with is like they Pure added Scott. a little electronic okay. to it. Oh, okay. But like Jesse Lacey, the lead singer of the band, is admittedly like, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a shitty friend. Like, I'm just, he's one of those people, like a David Byrne type of just like, I'm kind of unbearable to be around, but that's why our music is so good. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah but here we are. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Well, hello, Larry. <laughs> I think that is certainly a route. I think if you're in the arts of like just it is just the single minded genius, and, and that is it. I mean, it's not the only path, but I get it being a path. They said David Byrne. They were like, so like when you're, oh, I got to fix that camera a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The David Byrne, the band about like, so how did your friendship with David Byrne fizzle out? And they go, honestly. I don't think David kind of is aware of the concept of friends. Yeah. Like he doesn't look at people like that. Like yeah. we, we were like pieces of his band. Yeah. Like yeah. we weren't friends. Like David, yeah, we doesn't, were never friends. David really. yeah. doesn't look at people that way. Yeah. And like, that's that crazy genius. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's kind of the, the autistic <laughs> brain. Like all, yeah. he, all he cares about is music. Yeah. Yeah, there is a bit of that. I think probably going. He's a definitely an art school guy too, man. No, Rizdy baby, that. Rhode Island School of Design. Oh, I went to Rhode Island. They oh. all did. That's where the band formed. Oh, I thought they were from Baltimore, but no, I was wrong. the Talking Hands is all they formed oh, at the from Rhode at, Island. At Rizdy. Yep. I mean, maybe yep. they're from there, but they all went to the Rhode Island School, school of Design. Design. Yeah, yeah, which is a totally like that's, that's like an art. David school, Byrne you know? says he considered. This is how wild he was. He considered his music more like making clothes. Like, he was like, that's how he thinks of it. Like, he thinks of it like a organism. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. music to him. It's, yeah. it's fashion. And like it's, putting sort of component pieces together yes. and making it fit in a kind like of pattern. He, he and a was like weaving or, a fucking sweater. Yeah. Not writing yeah, a song. Yeah. I can tell you this much. One thing I've learned from doing the whole writing thing and trying to get my, you know, get that out now. Although, by the way, the WGA's meeting tomorrow 
with the producers. At least maybe there's some hope yeah. of optimism. But but I mean, or a sense of is that there's a certain a there is an industrial side to it. You know, in terms of like like trying to create a TV show, you know, just like okay, you have to have this, you have to have that, you have to have this component of it, you know, and there's a certain sort of process to it, you know, you have to kind of and embrace that process. You know, again, I think people romanticize that they want to think, oh, I'm just such a genius that I can just naturally come up with these things. It's like no, you have to kind of have like no, here's the time I have to dedicate to doing this. And frankly, it's probably not going to be that good right away, but through repetition, it will improve. You know, it's like there there's almost like a uh, industrialization to it. If that makes sense, yeah. like a production line, which sounds like the opposite of art, but it's like no, you have to be able to create it that people can like process it and look at it, you know, and be like, okay, I kind of get what you're trying to do. There's a certain mechanization I think to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? So, okay. So we're going into uh we got our we put out a clip making fun of Gutfeld and Gutfeld fans didn't like it. So here's the clip and uh, here's an example of how we clipped down like this Gutfeld thing was 40 minutes. Yeah. And I busted it down to a nice tight 10 seconds here. Which by the way, Keith, yeah, I I'm, love. I I I think it's totally smart. Take the essence, the good part of it. You know what I mean? Well, I put the full episodes up on a website. Yeah. Like they they exist. Um, but yeah, this got 1.7 thousand views. Jesus Christ. Gutfeld sounds like an annoying little brother. The ratio on this was not on our side. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds of dislikes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's because we cracked Gutfeld's algorithm. So mostly Gutfeld fans saw yeah, this. Exactly. So we're going to watch the clip and then we'll go over the comments. Cause oh I, God. I responded to all of them. Money in her pocket out of respect for her talent. God, but he's white and she's black. Yeah. Musician Cheryl yeah. Crow called the song not american or small town like it's listen, just to this, listen to this joke i fire off right here look lame. at <clears throat> this has the tone of someone whose little brother he's not allowed to hang out with his older brother and his friends and he's outside the door <laughs> i'm gonna do a news show about how you're a jerk <laughs> right outside your even if you're a fan of Gutfeld, that's a good piece of business yeah. yeah that's actually welcome to the Gutfeld show my brother's mean so that's that's the and tone I'm, of the that's clip that's one of the funniest things you've ever said you don't think i'm funny I but i'm gonna believe. make a lot of money doing fox bullshit comedy and selling books like standing up against the rising tide <laughs> just, uh, do you like my little, i think that's kind of funny my, my invitation was so here's the comments here's the first one this okay. is at beverly peterson hmm. no picture probably okay. probably a fatty uh news flash you are that little brother i have an older sister you're right on that yeah hashtag grow up hashtag listen Hmm. So then I commented, listen, listen, what? I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> so you had like a little, again, a little brother com comeback. Exactly. So then it. the next comment was jealous much. This one I kind of was going to seriously respond to because it's like, no, I know. No, I know. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah. what? I know where I'm at. I am at in life. Yeah. I do a podcast that no one listens to from my studio apartment. Yeah. I still have fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. I'm not jealous. Yeah. I do stand up and I work with weed. Like, that's... I cannot My life is perfect. Th th that is, to me, that is such a, a, a uh, shoot, kind of a... a um, a knee-jerk sort of, oh, you're just jealous. You're just jealous of his success. He's he's successful. He has yeah. people listen. I'm jealous so that what? I'm not a right-wing pundit. Yeah. <laughs> and then I put, no, I'd rather be homeless than a grifter. 
<laughs> Good for you. There you go. Because he is. It's he's a dude. Keith, honestly, God, grifter is absolutely the right way to put it. He's a grifter. He's just grifting watch, on this. Watch Red Eye from ten years ago. He didn't have those politics. Really? Greg Gutfeld used to be the lib of Fox News. That's wow. why people liked Red Eye because wow. Red Eye was the one non-Fox News show on Fox News. Like Gutfeld used to be a completely normal guy. Wow. And then he fucking swallowed this woke, woke mind virus. Well, 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 you know what happened was, again, there was a wheelbarrow directed towards him like Sean Payton. And he said, here, you, you can make millions of dollars, you know, and, and just just twist your pot, just twist, you know, stick to the party line, stick to the party line. So then the, some this next person at Gilbert Lopez 22833, which when you got a series of numbers after your name, you're a player. Yeah, what is it in the game? Mean? It means that so many people had that name that he had to come up with random numbers. <laughs> that's how that's how insignificant this fuck is. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. had to. There's two thousand eight hundred and thirty-two other Gilbert, Gilbert Lopez's. Yeah, I think I might know a Gilbert Lopez. That's the guy on Australia. The guy used to work with the Mercy. So Housing. Gilbert is that identity? All you can offer? Uh, and then I put no. This is one minute from a three-hour show, and then someone someone else goes at keith pazel i can't imagine suffering through three hours of your crappy third grade humor because gutfeld's doing highbrow shit <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what keith here's the thing about our show and we've been doing it now for a while i think we have more of a structure to it than we used to have you know uh it's a work in progress uh we are doing a show for quite some time it's not always easy to come with the most funny material all the time extemporaneous when we talk um i don't know i mean is it is it perfect well no i feel like you're taking the yeah <laughs> oh yeah no you gotta you got these people are fucking this yeah. is all they do is comment yeah on stuff yeah yeah it, it, it's but yeah i'm trying to take it but i'm like yeah but at the end of the day i don't i don't really care what they say <laughs> you know it's just like yeah yeah this is uh anyway i i just yeah yeah, well, yeah what else what, what else do they say um, I have to go to the actual thing to find more because some of them are like YouTube hides some of them if they're like aggressive. Oh, oh. So what do you think the ratio was dislike to likes? Like three well, dislikes, one to one like? We had 15 likes and over 200 dislikes. Ooh, ooh. That, that, that's like a one to eight ratio. Oh, people hated this clip. <laughs> <laughs> it, to me there might be something to it you know what i mean it's like th there's not i mean it, it's sort of uh yeah there might be something to it you okay, know here we go here's all of them gutfeld is way funnier uh it's way funnier than you whiny tools and he's right and he's right yeah oh yeah he's right it's just you know you've been told he's right oh this is my favorite one uh, that's why he's one of the best, uh, best on TV and you guys are in your basement. You should call yourselves the two jealous jackasses. I'm not jealous. And then here's what I put. We're on the fifth floor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're not in the basement. You know, yeah, we're in the, it, it is, uh, I'm not jealous. I, and then here's the one, one comment on our side. Uh, this is funny. He's a whiny bitch. Uh, I'd rather listen to Bowie to Bowtie Tucker than gut smell. 
The guy, <laughs> that's actually but that funny. guy's also right wing because he's like a Tucker fan. Yeah. Oh God. So even the yeah. guy on our side is right wing. Yeah. Yeah. God, Tucker. I can't imagine watching Tucker uh, Carlson and thinking to myself, "Wow, this guy gets it." Like it, this, this speaks for me. It, it's really crazy. Uh, the the Isn't the. That he said, I'd rather watch Bowtie Tucker than Gut Smell. Yeah, so he'd rather, like, he, he's a liberal. That's yeah, he's, I think he's mocking Tucker. I took that as, like, yeah, I hate Gutfeld too, yeah. but I watch Fox he's News. Mocking. Yeah. God. Gutfield's voice, and, and we, you did an imitation, I did an imitation, but when I actually hear his voice and I look at his facial expression, here's what it sounds like to me. Well, here, here's his cadence. His pace, the rhythm of which Gutfeld speaks. Okay, here's what it sounds like to me, Keith. Just say <laughs> False equivalency. <laughs> you, you support pedophiles. <laughs> and you gotta lean in. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, I know, it's, uh, uh, yeah. It's just, ugh, it's great. Hang on, I have to change distiller shirts during the break. <laughs> I, I do say, I mean, I get it. I mean, he's making a lot of money. Millions of people watch that show, right? Millions do, correct? About, yeah, three, four million. I mean, th that is a, th that's a solid... I feel like if you can get three to four million to watch your sitcom, to watch your drama, to you have succeeded. Like that is broken through. If that's your measure of success, but all it is is just feeding stuff back to you in your right wing echo chamber, which they would say that's what we are because we're prone to the liberal media. No, 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 no. You don't like what's being said. It doesn't fit. The way into you your said no, 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 it sounded like you went. No, 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 no. You know, but but it's like. They, um, they don't like, it doesn't fit within, you know, the quote unquote liberal media, which doesn't exist. Ah, oh, it's such an, yeah, <laughs> it's, I feel like you're just kind of reporting on things that are going on. There's a certain rationality there. There are certain steps you take as a journalist to determine if you think someone's lying. There's getting several other wit not witnesses, but like other people kind of quoting to see if there's like story being corroborated here. And there's some sort of traction here to what you're doing. Am I saying the media always gets it right? Well, no. Also, the media, it's like saying the government. It is a massive institution. Not everything is perfect. Not everything is terrible. It's something in between. You know, but that that's can't... my favorite thing to do when conspiracy theorists, I, I do this to my mom all the time. Yeah. She'll go, you know, they say this and I'll go, who's they? Yeah. Who exactly is they? Yeah. And then that's the, any time. Um, well, you know, they, and I'm just like, no, who exactly are you talking about? Who is trafficking children? Well, it's also like, how you, is that even made a political they issue? They are trafficking children. Who? Any normal human being knows that trafficking children is wrong. It is. How is that made into a political issue? Again, Dude. they're trying to link that to the trans thing. It's a different fucking today at thing. Work, it's not. God, it's so today offensive. at work. We were have we had a, a weed rep in. Yeah. 
And I knew immediately because he was like, yeah, I live in Huntington Beach. Right? Oh, man. he was like, he was a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. He was tats. He looked like an Orange County guy. Yeah. All about weed. But then all of a sudden in the middle of him pitching this fucking thing, he goes, by the way, have you guys seen The Sound of Freedom? Um, and we were like, no, he goes, this is literally the greatest movie ever. Do yourself a favor. Go see it. It's going to change your life. And then he was like, it's all about child trafficking and all of this love. and I wanted to be like it's a QAnon movie yeah. like it's it's steeped in QAnon shit like yeah. it's a Trumper and here's what he this is the people who love well it's b based on a true story but, but isn't doesn't the FBI do that but they're weaponizing the FBI doesn't the FBI aren't they involved in child so the movie is essentially right? about Sorry, how like I'm this being... dude quits his job to go hunt child traffickers down Okay. And like, I guess a guy really did that and I'm did, sure. and well, did like uncover a child trafficking ring. Of course it exists. What's up? In Honduras. In Honduras. Yeah. We're not talking about <clears throat> American sex trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. So Jim Caviezel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you don't want that coming here because you know something, they're going to bring it over here. So here's, See, that, that's but what here's, he, he exposed why it made so much money in his pitch to see the movie. Cause here's what they did. And this is why I'll give my theory on Barbie mm -hmm. after this. Um, what they did was they told right-wing people the Sound of Freedom tickets were sold through this pay-it-forward app. Like, after you watch the movie, three minutes after the credits, Jim Caviezel pops up with a barcode and tells people, scan this barcode and buy everyone you know tickets to see this movie. So, like, the guy, the weed rep goes, the day I saw the movie, I bought 23 people tickets. Yeah, well, I mean... 20 bucks a pop. That, that, that's a good marketing ploy. So the know? Sound of Freedom beat Indiana Jones at the box office. It made like two hundred million dollars. Oh, on opening on that weekend. Yeah. yeah, and the right wing were like, "See, the woke wokeness is bad. This movie made so much money, but it only made money because you were told to buy tickets for yeah. your entire family." Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like, so here's what my theory of the the retaliation of that. We went to the Grove to see Barbie. And the day before we were looking at the theater and we were like, fuck, dude, like it's going to be nine in the morning and there's going to be like 80 people in this. Yeah, like it, yeah. it was packed. It was yeah. a sold out show. So and you we, went to a morning show. So and that was that was playing into our vibe. We were like, fuck, like we want to sit. I was kind of like, dude, this is kind of going to suck. Like, yeah, nine in the morning around that many people. And then we get to the theater. Nobody is there. Like she we go into the theater and she goes, why is it empty? And then I leaned over. I go, People are buying tickets to Barbie and not going. It was like five minutes to the show. They're doing the Sound of Freedom thing. There's probably feminist groups who are just buying out theaters of oh, Barbie. Uh, and showing, hey, and listen, then these are the not numbers. going. Because let me hear how you feel. There is a large group of people who think that if Barbie doesn't make more money than Oppenheimer, then they will quite literally never make women make, they'll never let women make movies again. At least for a decade, because that's how it goes. Well, so I there is a strong like, group that is like, Barbie must beat Oppenheimer. No, it's Barbie must do well. Yeah, I don't think it was... Uh, yeah, I, think I, I think Oppenheimer and Barbie have actually done a good job of like kind of bringing Hollywood back. Here's the discrepancy, you know? though. Oppenheimer has made $287 million. Barbie has made $600 million. Jesus Christ, that's a lot I'm of willing to guarantee you $200 million of that is people who have not seen this movie. Wow. Stuff is being depressed because of the lack of theaters showing it in an IMAX. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to yeah. see it on the biggest screen. Yeah, I saw it on the big screen. I also, did. Barbie's PG-13 Oppenheimers are, you can take more people to see Barbie. Yeah. Like, well, you I mean, can take your family to see Barbie. Yeah, no, I mean... Oppenheimer's also, got tits in the first two minutes. Yeah, well, it's it's that woman Florence who was... Pugh. Yeah, yeah. So hot. Yeah, she's a pretty woman. There's no doubt. She was an, a, a good person. I saw that. I saw a, a screening of that before it was released with Morgan Freeman, and I was like, she's good. She's a good actress. She's in you can tell. summer, uh, midsummer. Wasn't she also in Dune? Yeah, I think no, Dune no. too. Wasn't she in Dune too? She might too? be in the second one. I think one. she's in the sequel. I, I will say, I, I watched the Dune movie with, with my girlfriend, and I'll be honest. It's great. I was like, this it's is one of my favorite newer movies. I was like, this is pretty well done, you know, because the, the original movie, have you ever seen the David Lynch one? I hear it's terrible. It is. I hear he, Keith, he butchered the book, basically. Keith, if you watch it... I, Watch it on LSD. It'll be like when you watched uh, a Wild Horses. What about that? The, the, crazy, the, the horses? crazy Horses? It's one of those shows. It's one Austin's. of those movies that I've heard has, it's so bad, it's got like a cult following. Oh, I, I've that, seen like, it people many like times. it because it's so, it's like The Room. When you watch it, it's because, you know, well, here's, here's the quick story behind that. And then we'll go into TV history or something like that. TV League. The TV League. The story behind it was David Lynch had made, uh, he was coming off the success of The Elephant Man that Mel Brooks produced by my dad. So he he done Eraserhead and then uh, uh, Elephant Man, which is one of the saddest movies Isn't you will Anthony ever Hopkins see. Anthony Hopkins in Elephant yes, Man absolutely. is he Elephant Man? No, he's not. Uh, Willie uh, John Hurt, who's the guy with the alien comes out of him, an alien. Mm -hmm. He played the Elephant Man. Have you ever seen the Elephant Man? No, but I hear it's like a total like he got into the role type of like I know he had the plot prosthetics, but yeah. I hear he like basically lived as a recluse to get into the role uh you have uh, if you see that it, it rivals schindler's list I'm, in sadness i'm a man i'm not an at well he gets chased around in a like london frankenstein yeah because he's wearing he's basically wearing he, he can't really go out in public that well because he has to wear like basically a bag over his head that the eye holes are like this because his face is so deformed you should see it, Keith, honestly. Did Judd Hirsch come from the past to be at the <laughs> halftime show here? Oh, yeah. Hey, there you go. Hey, We're gonna playing a little bit of football here. I, I, I'm playing an old Jewish guy like I have since Independence Day, 27 years. 1996, I just became the old the, Jewish the guy. <laughs> I'm acting with the Ketzels. But no, my, my point is, if you see The Elephant Man, it rivals Schindler's List in terms of sadness. Like, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, so he's off the success of that. Lynch directed that. So they offered him Return of the Jedi or Dune. Oh, so he was like, I think he as I wanted to make his own thing. Exactly. Probably. I don't want to so, just do Star Wars. So in a weird way, I actually give him credit. Like he's trying to make, like I think of Star Wars and Star Trek as being like the pantheon of American science fiction. He was like, I'm going to do something I'm going to do a third thing, which Dune has all the elements well, of the royalty theme to and it. And I get his logic because yeah. the book Dune is like a huge, classic. Huge. Like huge. he learned about the guy who wrote that book. The, he got the idea because he went on a trip to the Indiana Dunes. Yeah. And when he was sitting there, he just thought like he and then he got into like water politics. Yeah. And started studying like fucking desert countries in Africa and yeah. shit. And he got yep. really into the politics. Desert of countries like, in America. <laughs> desert. Anyway. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Dude. It's it is. And when you watch, watch, having watched the new one, you watch the old one, you can see the contours of like what they were trying to do. Yeah. It fails miserably. Well, and I guess the guy who made the new one is like obsessed with the book. Like yeah. he, it was like his life's, it was like his life's mission to yeah, like, to get it done, to done make right. of, to finally make a Dune movie. Well, you, what was good about it, and when you do the compare and contrast, the character that was it, the, guy, the guy who played Aquaman, Jason Momoa. What's yeah, his name? Yeah, Jason he, Momoa. Momoa. He, well, he plays the Duncan character in the in the remake, and in the first movie, that character is like 
a minute and 20 seconds. And so when he dies, it's just like, well, okay. okay, he just died. Like, you don't realize, no, it's actually a big deal yeah, when he dies. Yeah, they compress a lot of the, because Lynch, because the book's like a thousand oh, pages. And there's multiple books. There's like three. Yeah. I mean, it's an anthology or whatever, you know? So it's like, you seriously, you should uh, check. But it's like three hours long. It is a disaster. At the same time, it's really bizarre. The, 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 but there's also good actors in it. Like like uh, uh Sean Young is the love interest. Kyle McLaughlin is 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 the oh, Paul yeah. Atreides. Patrick Stewart plays a major role and he's one of the tra- he he's the uh, uh Josh Brolin character who's like training him to be a fight. I mean and the thematically the thematically the Harkonnens just the way it looks it, it's gross it's a gross movie it's very like like the evil guy who's like the bearing guy who floats up who like, is that who plays him in the original one? Oh god I, isn't I, it russell crowe in the new one no, oh, no it's um i thought it was it was some known actor it's like uh it's one of the fucking isn't it scars garters isn't it stellan yes, scars yeah yeah it's someone who, yeah who plays but but the guy who plays in the original garden. is like this evil baron who like eats bugs or juices and drinks it and they show him like, like and he has like pus he's like festering the, he's sores like the, on his the face. The titty milk guy from he, Road Roll yeah, Warrior. He, exactly. He's just a gross human being, you know. But when you see it, there's actually comical moments, but it is a unmitigated Atrocious. disaster. I, I would highly recommend you watch Yeah. It. Highly recommend. Anyway, go ahead. Though. I'm sorry. So we, we got go, yeah. TV League, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Week one standings are in. We are in the middle of week two right now. Okay. But they haven't. The standings have not been finalized. Okay. So the quick rules of the TV League. They've been f- concreted, and we have a actual nice set of rules. Um, there are ten point scoring places available for network shows and for streaming shows. So, but where okay. I'm changing it is last year I was literally doing service by service like the top three shows on every streaming service okay. now i'm doing top 10 out of all of the streaming services okay, okay so these are the 10 best streaming shows and the 10 best network shows from this week that's cleaner and simpler yeah yeah it makes sense it and you even get easier. some repeats so here's week one these are the week one streaming shows number one suits 50 points Suits, suits suits got put on netflix and peacock people have been Ooh. cramming suits suits it might has a chance to become like the new gray's anatomy because people love that Meghan markle bitch yeah and gray's anatomy is kind of running out of its steam and i feel like there's a good group of people that love Meghan markle but have never seen suits so now they're getting into suits there it's getting so popular they're thinking about doing another season of suits what was suits an original like uh, it was on uh, usa oh it was, yeah they it was where characters matter Okay. <laughs> when uh, I think of the USA Network, I think of bad like hockey from like the and early eighties. Femme Nikita. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did uh? So, so is suits about just like uh, it's just two corporate fucking, America two lawyers? Oh yeah. Okay. Two lawyers. American. One one's fucking wild. One's by the book, and then Meghan Markle's a girl. That's yeah. The okay. Show. Okay. Okay. And okay. then she became a princess and had to quit. Like, she's not in the last season. Oh, it's her, the one who married... She had to retire from this show because she became a princess. Yeah, she, she had an upgrade. And then she ended up fucking over the royal family anyway. You know. So. When she left the royal family, I'm like, you retired for nothing. Yeah. She's going to start <laughs> acting again immediately. <laughs> well, she's in Santa Barbara. Yeah. You know, I mean, it ain't that far from... I was in Santa Barbara about a month ago. Santa Barbara kicks ass. It's fucking nice. San Bordeaux? I, I, I like it. I think it's... I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, it's not great, but it's decent. Second place, The Witcher, 40 points. Oh, yeah. Uh, at third place, The Bear, 35 points. People like that bear. Well, I, I'm going to drop the name. I think I told you, and I've tried to not do this because I've been burned so many times with our script, but 
we have a connection to one of the producers of the bear that we got our sizzle reel to. Now, that was like three or four weeks ago. And she said, oh, I'll get to it after the second season drops. Well, that was three weeks ago. Like, she legally can't touch anything. You now. know, and it's, it's also, I think that the, the problem is, is yeah, this damn strike. They can't touch yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can talk, you can talk, but you can, there's no contracts that are going to be, ex no money is going to be exchanged. I mean, it's just, that's not going to happen. So yeah, we have a direct, and, and, and a, it's a close friend of hers as a friend of my writing partner. So it's like, he's like, oh yeah, she, I think she'll be interested in it. Like a, he gave a little bl a, a blurb. She's like, yeah, sure. Send it to me. I mean, she was receptive to it. So. Uh, if this strike could just get lifted, but then I'll probably be canceled because they'll listen to something I said on the show when I did an impression of a Chinese person or something, no. you know, and like, you know, <laughs> I hope fun. not. That's fun times. You know, it's, yeah, I hope not. Number I mean, fourth place, SWAT, 32 points. Ooh, isn't there, there's a name, is, is, is Cool J in SWAT? No, he's in NCIS LA, okay. which ended. Really? That's over. Wow. Wasn't he doing that with Chris O'Donnell? Mm-hmm. Fifth place, Black Mirror, 30 points. That new season dropped. Oh, yeah. Yep. So people are on that. People like that show. And I mean, here's, that's... And then since... Here's also an alteration I'm making, and it's more just... Last year, I used to wait until, like, all the ratings for August... The week of August 1st came out. Yeah. Now, I'm just gonna look at whatever's available. So, like, I kind of... The streaming points are a mix of the five show the shows that were the most popular this week yeah and then i looked at the last nielsen streaming top 10 from earlier in july yeah and a lot of those shows were still on like they're still popular right now okay so my logic with that was like watch minutes watch minutes supersede popularity in my eyes like a concrete yeah. number of like 3 billion like this yeah. had 3 billion watch minutes versus you know, two million people Googled this show. Uh, absolutely. So essentially what I did is the most watched shows were the first five spots, and then five through ten were the most popular shows. Not necessarily what everybody watched, but this is what everybody was talking about. I'm curious. Maybe you don't know this, Keith. Is there a sense of what, like, the median or the average, like, if you have a... Like if you have a billion watch minutes, is that like your show is solid? I've or is heard four hundred million or two hundred and fifty million watch minutes represent one account. I've heard there is something. Okay. It's something like no, a hundred million watch minutes is equivalent to like a one person watching the show. Like that's how they see it. Like one hundred million watch minutes is equivalent to like one Netflix account watching. Really? That's, that doesn't seem. I'm going to Google yeah, it because yeah, yeah, there no. is. I, I'm just you don't. Think, I mean, it's it's not. I just wanted. To, I was curious, man. I don't know because I I want to get a sense. One of the good things about doing this, and I know it's always been a challenge. We we discuss it sometimes, but just to figure out, you know, uh, the metrics of how people deem a successful show. Now, you know, I think it'd be kind of good to have that knowledge as I'm writing what I write. You know, I've been writing more of my stalker show too, by the way. I'm trying, I can't, I did find something a long time ago about like, they've just calculated that a certain amount, a certain million minutes watched, they just equate to like one account. Exa okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I see. It would seem that there would be a ratio like yeah. that to figure out. Like, it's okay, something it's like that. But I can't imagine because a million minutes is a long time. So I, I would, I mean, it's, no, some of these shows get to a billion. Jesus like Christ. suits had 3 billion watch minutes. Yeah. Yeah.
Look at that stadium they play in. I've been to the Football Hall of Fame. Oh, it's such a pathetic little stadium. Do, do, do you want to know? The, the Football Hall of Fame is like the size of this apartment. <laughs> Have you been to it? I, I've no, been to but it once. I, I mean, it looks like it looks like it's built in someone's front yard. I, I went to it in 1978. That's when I went to the fucking pro football. Was there Hall the of fame. extension probably wasn't on it? Yeah, it's it, just, was, it was. It was that old football. It was that little circular building. Exactly. Now it, they have like a whole building attached to it. I will admit, though, going to it, I loved the. When I was nine years old, I they have loved literally the pro Jim football. Brown stuffed. No, no, what a, they did had they had Jim Thorpe that kicking a football like it's Jim Thorpe, you know, playing for the Carlisle whatever Indians or whatever they they, they called them. You know, it's like anywhere. So here we go. So now six through ten are like. The most popular shows. The Summer I Turned Pretty got 28 points. That's a show on Amazon about some awkward ginger that gets hot and all the dudes want to bang her. The Summer I Turned 20? Pretty. Pretty. Oh, Summer I Turned Pretty. Um, the show I watched, Hijack, on Apple TV+. Plus. This is an Idris Elba show. It's about how he gets on an airplane and oh, it gets hijacked okay. and he has to like... He's like a... The one thing it's I kind of rolled my show? eyes, it's a six part like mini series. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. They're like seven episodes. Yeah. But the funniest part to me is Idris Elba's on the plane and like the first episode, the hijackers take over the show. And then Idris Elba's son is like freaking out because the. Oh, Idr you picked him. Take him to the house. Oh, oh they stopped it. Anyway. So there's a scene where Idris Elba's son is talking to one of the police officers yeah. about like. They're like, you know, you're, we know you're worried about your dad. And he was like, I'm not worried about my dad. And they were like, why? And he goes, because of his job. And they were like, well, what's his job? And they were like, when companies go out of business, they call my dad in to negotiate it. <laughs> so like, that's his big thing of like, don't worry. This guy is a corporate negotiator. And he's going to be able to deal with. He's some... going to deal with these hijackers. Yeah. And then, and, and then after they say that. Idris Elba's whole thing in the show I'm like three episodes in but he's like pretending to help the hijackers oh okay like okay. he goes up to him and he was like hey I just want to get hey, home hey hey I just want to be a hijacker he goes, too he, yeah <laughs> he goes look I just want to get home and they were like yeah so what and he goes so I'm gonna help you hijack this plane and then it does like the commercial break. That's hilarious. That's a little ridiculous. And you can tell he's like lulling them into a sense of like, and then he's going to turn on them at the end. Uh, any good trained hijacker, they're not going to bring anyone on board. They're going with the crew they went with. When those guys flew well, to September 11th, that's how they, they didn't want to get anyone else involved. Here's actually an interesting thing about how they kick off the show. So they have to hijack the plane sooner because some random girl goes to the bathroom and finds a bullet on the bathroom floor because oh. they like stuffed their guns they showed it so I she goes it. and then here's where they do an unlikely thing where that like moves the story along is this random girl finds a bullet and she brings it out and is like it's that thing where she's showing it to people but you don't see what it is we're like you um, have to guess what it is so she's so the like, reveal oh, is I important. found this yeah but then some random passenger walks up to her and is like hey what's wrong because they're all british uh, what's wrong love and then yeah. she's like, I found this in the bathroom. And he's like, oh, I'll grab that and I'll take it and I'll take it to the pilots. And then it, like he's one of the hijackers. Oh, okay. So like okay. it says like a random friendly passenger helps the girl out and then he takes the bullet and goes and tells one of the hijackers like you dumb fuck like. She yeah, found, you were sloppy. So they end up having to hijack the plane like five hours before they wanted oh, to. Oh, so that messes up the, the timing yeah. of it all. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, you know, that, that, you know. Yeah, I'll be curious to see, man. When my, yeah, I I hope my pilot is accepted because my my 
our storyline is non-linear. It's got fantasy sequences. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's got some stuff for throwing against the wall. So Hijack you know? scored 26 points. In eighth place, Jack Ryan, 24 points. In ninth place, Foundation, another Apple TV Plus show, 22 points. Mm. And then bringing up the rear in 10, Ted Lasso, still coming strong. Boy, Lasso's got a, a, a you know religious why? following. It's one of those shows that's so... Uh, kind of risk-free that like you can watch it over and over and over again there's like seven episodes a season yeah 10 i think there's a little more but there's some of them are just 30 30 minutes you get through them quick quick. it's wholesome you're not going to go through any emotional roller coasters maybe season two because ted lasso's all suicidal the whole season and shit okay cries at the end yeah but my writing partner loves Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. He loves it. So Lasso's got some legs for a show that doesn't have a lot of episodes, but it's just because it's so wholesome. So that's yeah. your 10. Those are your point scoring streaming shows. Here are your 10 point scoring network television shows. This is where we have repeats because this includes British TV ratings. This is mm. world network television ratings. Okay. The exciting part about English this season, yeah. Britain is going to dominate the tele- <laughs> because Britain's different than American television. Brit- British TV shows are on every night. Oh. Like they play that shit every day. Huh. So like it ain't like, like Coronation Street is on Monday through Friday. Hmm. So, okay. So there are some shows that took multiple spots. Okay. Um, so like perfect example, 20 shows scored points, but there's only 16 shows in the standings oh okay because okay. one of the shows because coronation street took second third and fourth place oh, oh okay 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 so for the network shows number one 60 minutes 50 points sunday 60 minutes gets the views yeah that's like does. appointment television for people I, you know i it used to be good it's it's just it's not it's that fucking clock uh it, it, it is a poor man's version of frontline i spend the whole hour guessing if that's is that morally safer <laughs> or is that Charlie Rose? <laughs> Who is that? Yeah, I don't even know what it is now. I think it, it ain't Ed Bradley. You know? No. And Charlie Rose is dead now, right? Rose, no, he just got He's canceled. alive. He got yeah. Canceled. Well, he yeah, he canceled. was fucking putting his hand, palm on toilet seats when people sit down or something like that. Ooh, that's a little bit. Ooh, no, it was something, it was something yeah. like. Like that obvious? He, he like shat in a toilet and like, hey, go clean my fecal matter. Oh, like God. he was, it was something with the toilet. Like something fecally, I think. Ooh, God. Well, you know, I, I, I won't reveal too much. I'm just not into the A. That's another generational difference between me and the younger generation. Second place they for network streaming a. shows. The Sixth Commandment. This is a British show about some pastor who starts running a call. Let's actually watch the trailer for this. Yeah, because the Sixth Commandment. What is that? Thou shall not yeah. covet thy neighbor's wife or something? <clears throat> or No. The Commandments. At the time, it probably made sense. It was like the Bill of Rights for... <laughs> For like prehistoric times, like, you're right. I shouldn't try and have sex with my neighbor's wife. That, no, you're right about that. Here we you go. Know what? That would be Here's bad. the sixth commandment. Who here lives by a moral code? I do. I live by a moral code. I'm glad I'm not alone. Based on a true story means this, like, one part is true. Mr. Peter Farker. Yeah. This guy, Christ. that guy, looks like the fucking principal and problem child too. <laughs> you know that little tiny girl who? Let me. Sh- I'm did, show did you? you uh, do you have? Do you have Siri or do you have Alexa? Do you have? Yeah, we have the, a Google Home. Uh, Yo, know, ask what the sixth uh, commandment is. Oh, I don't think there is one. No, it's ten. The oh, ten. ten. The ten commandments. Hey Google, what's the sixth commandment? 
According to Wikipedia, thou shalt not kill, under the Thelonic division used by Hellenistic Jews, oh. Greek Orthodox, thou shalt not kill, so it's a murder show. Or the Talmudic division of the third century Jewish Talmud. Uh, please be quiet. To find out more, uh, look for the link in your Google Home or Google Assistant app. See, she's British too. Yep. I'm trying to find this little short bitch. She looks like the principal from Kindergarten Cop. When you were punching that scumbag, that little tiny fucking girl looks just like him. We're probably child too. So no, kindergarten cop. Oh, kindergarten the cop. The principal from kindergarten uh, cop, okay. that little tiny fucking lady. <laughs> okay. She kind of looks like Oh, the, is that Linda Hunt? I don't know, is it? Linda Hunt was also in she was in Dune. She 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 had a, she was in the year of living dangerously. She won an Oscar yes. for playing a Linda Hunt. Yeah, from this dude a, looks like fucking Linda Hunt. She was also in uh, what was that one movie, a horror movie in the mid '90s where they're in the uh, Chicago Museum? Please show your the appreciation relic. for Mr. Peter Falk. Look at this. I'm gonna pause it. Okay, there's his face. There's her face. That's the same person. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's Linda Hunt. That's yeah. Linda Hunt. Linda won. She won an Oscar playing a uh, a um, a male character as an actress. Oh yeah, she yeah, did for, the old for Shakespeare the, for for the uh, uh, Year of Living Dangerously with Sigourney Weaver and Mel Gibson. That was a Mel Gibson was a serious actor. Do you think Christ wants you to be lonely and unhappy? That's a good point, isn't it? Why? Because I do not think it is possible for me to be loved. We were just. I look like Linda Hunt. Is the romantic ideal. There is no law but the artist's feeling. Yes, good. It's lovely here. Is he? So is peaceful. he? Uh, is he a repressed homosexual? No, but it's essentially about this dude who is a caretaker for people and he kills them. Like he po Ooh, he's he poisoning them. them. Ooh, that's some dark you. shit. Like three different people he looked after died, died. immediately after. Ooh, that uh, that like shit happens, so man. Much. It's peaceful. Is he dying? He's a wonderful oh. man. Well, so you say, but I don't know him. It's you and this man. His name is Ben. Ben lived with him and Peter got ill. And then Ben lived with my aunt and she got ill. What's that? I think I need to talk to the police. You will hear evidence of it's extreme pretty rough story. and psychological manipulation, all to frighten, to isolate, to make a person terrified. That's my favorite. I love that British people still have to wear those the wigs, wigs in court. <laughs> Every British court, it just looks like it's 1750. <laughs> I have large calves. That and means I'm a successful thing, man. Are they renewing these wigs? Are these still wigs from like that long ago? Like <laughs> they have to replenish the wigs. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah, that's part of the budget. It's a line item. We need new yeah. hairstyles for the wigs. Yeah. <laughs> Fight for their sanity. When he's convicted, when he's in prison, it will be over. This looks like a pretty decent enough show. That's all they've got. This is, it's it's got possibility. Hey, number two. This was fucking yeah. five, five million people watched yeah, this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this looks like a decent show. Third, fourth, fifth place. All Coronation Street. Hmm. Coronation okay. Street is like, literally like I, I was watching. Here's Coronation Street. This is the most British shit of all time. Five million people. But in reality, you know that I'm a good guy. You're the good guy. It's like days of our lives. Are we ready to be rational? <laughs> yeah. Rational. But so favorite. My favorite thing, though, is like, as British it can get, soap operas still look like soap operas. Oh, absolutely. Like, they got a vibe. Yes. The acting is the same shitty quality, the same tone. It's just with a British accent. It's yeah. like they have a camera. <laughs> A specific, this is a soap opera camera. Yeah, absolutely. I know I did the unforgivable. Ah, finally. Yeah, but so did you. 
What have I done? Oh, come on. You've hardly kept it in your pants, have you, all these years? You hardly kept it in your pants, did you? Oh. Well, there was Carla. There was that girl that was in here. You're not circumcised. Together. You know, you're throwing a lot of... I don't slick me hair back to get this kind of... Good guy. You're taking the piss? You humiliated me in front of my whole family. Because this is a law. I know, I know, Adam, I know You can't is. have I'll never canned responses. I'll never, ever forget. I've learned a little bit about acting, living with Jasmine. Hold up there, is it? She booked a commercial, actually. Hell yeah. Commercial. That's good money. In, uh, in San Diego next week. Again. Yeah, and again. You know what repeated means. You would never have told me the truth, would you? He fucking breaks her down, dude. coast along for the rest of my life, believing that thing inside you. He's about to ask this bitch for a divorce. First birthday, first day at school, uni, wedding. Babies of their own, all of Manchester United versus Walt Ferrard. <laughs> That's not true. You know that I love you so much. <laughs> Is this what you call love? Spinning a web of lies to what? Make me happy? Nah, to cover your back because you dropped your knickers for the local scally. Because oh, you dropped your knickers for the. Those are the arguments. <laughs> That's great. To flag, garner a bit of sympathy. Do you really think that? You're making me walk to shit. Yeah. I I'm sorry. I, I, I gotta be honest I'm with you. I'm killing over her with. Pain. I, 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 I gotta be honest with you, Keith. Okay. Whenever I argue with my girlfriend, it never is that articulate. I, I'm fumbling over words. It's not going that smooth. There's a few points being made. You know, it's you know, it, it's not. I, I'm never. There we go. Good. Here's the divorce. This is the same guy. I don't like the wood door. Here's after. Where's Gail's? She's gone home. She's gonna. So this is like a Eastenders. You ever see Eastenders? Oh, yeah. I watched Eastenders for a brief time. Yes. Then the East End, so you don't say. God, I'm Thank you. Yeah, for showing up today. He thinks he's Shia LaBeouf, that guy. He hasn't changed anything, Sarah. Hasn't changed. You're much. still a fucking whore. You got to understand. I think you've been taken. You've been taken by someone. And then you got this so fucking. What else? Yeah, what else? This dowry bitch announcing a miscarriage to this girl. So Coronation Street is ba it, it, it's a soap opera. Yeah, and it's on every day. So like. Second, third, fourth, and fifth place were like Tuesday's Coronation Street, Wednesday's Coronation yeah. Street, Thursday's Coronation yeah. Street. Uh, sixth place was 60 Minutes again, 28 points. And then seventh place was The Sixth Commandment again, 26 points. Hmm. Eighth place was The Great British Sewing Bee. <sighs> 24 points. Number nine, Antiques Roadshow, the British version. Wow. That show is huge in england God. people still loving the antiques road show wow. and then in last emmerdale which is another like british soap opera wow so that brings us to the actual those were the the two 10 point score po point scoring places here are your final standings coronation street first place 97 points 60 minutes second place 75 points uh and then it's the sixth commandment in third place with 66 i believe yeah, 50 points of Suits, The Witcher is 40 points, uh, The Bear 35, SWAT 32. It's pretty much correlates aside yeah. from, the, from the doubles. Yeah. The doubles are the... Yep. So that's your, that's your TV league so far. Coronation Street leading it, leading the charge. Yeah. And okay. then the reason this is going to change too is like the British ratings are kind of like a week behind. So there's going to be some weeks where there's no British shows for me to judge. So some weeks, the top... 10 is going to be all American shows. Okay. And then okay. some weeks it's not. I kind of like that. Yeah. That like, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you have, you, this is your week to beat the British. Because I'll tell you one thing. The Brits watch TV. 
Yeah. Like they, they're not as hooked on streaming like we are. Yeah. Like they still get five to 8 million people that watch BBC every night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all they've had. By the way, when I was doing Taken, that's an, I guess an Irish accent, not a, uh, a, was that a, was that a Scott? That's a British accent. I think he's Scottish. Maybe Scottish though. Something like that. There's a little more Scotland in there. Yeah. I swear. Hey, here, we'll close it off on the, on the hijack trailer for you. It's an Airbus plane, a good bird. Yeah. Oh, I've flown Airbus, I gotta be honest with you. I like their planes more than Boeing planes. I do. They're quieter. Yeah. I mean, Boeing's fine, but it... Robin Allen speaking. Flight time today is six hours, 54 minutes. Where are they flying to? The States? Uh, Dubai to London. Oh, okay, okay. Six hours. Yep. Because it's, yep. it's seven episodes, so like every episode is an, hour, an hour of the flight. That's good. I, I like that breakdown. Also, the one thing they shoehorn in is like every they just start introducing all these intrapersonal relationships like out of the gate one of the security people is the one who lets the fucking guns through she like lets the hijackers on the plane and then like her family gets murdered later in the episode you find out that the pilot's fucking one of the stewardesses and they use that to like get into the cockpit they put the stewardess on the phone and make i love you please listen to them i love you yeah and then like they and then the pilot because the co-pilot is like, no, don't let them in the cockpit. And the pilot is overcome by his love for the stewardess. Yeah. He takes a water bottle and beats the shit out of the co-pilot, who is a woman. Oh, God. And he, like, pounds her face. He's like, I'm going to... He goes, <laughs> he goes, I'm going to open that door. I'm a man. I will fight you, and I will win. Jeez. And then he just takes a bottle and starts <laughs> pounding her on the face. What you do for love. And then he lets the hijackers in. That's hilarious. But like they shoehorn all of these personal relationships. Yeah, in. yeah. Like yeah, you find exactly. out that like everyone on the plane is like in cahoots with each other. That term shoehorn, you, you you truly don't. They call it wedging. You wedge an idea in, and I really worry about that. When I write a script, I feel like I'm. We- I don't. I want it to. Literally, the story and the characters has to just be this kind of smooth thing that it just kind of integrates well. You know. Operation has commenced. Phones, tablets. Plane is under control. You need to see this. The plane did, of course. Someone is calling for help. Yeah, Idris Elba, before they shut the Wi-Fi down, he messages his wife. Like, there's an incident on the plane. And then he hits send. Yeah. So, like, he gets a message out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Got family? Loved ones? We got one job to do right now. Just get through for them. I got a message from the plane. Dad says, incident on board. What exactly does your dad do for a living? It's difficult to explain. Sam's the best at handling it. Handling what? The negotiation. (laughs) Negotiation. (laughs) Like, what does a negotiation have to do with people hijacking a fucking airplane? Well, hopefully he can negotiate. But I got a terrorist? They ain't gonna really negotiate with you. I negotiated the Time Warner Spectrum merger. I'm not going to let this happen. On this flight, if they try something, and then this plane goes down, I don't get home to my family. Let me make you an offer. I've been handed demands. If it's all going wrong in the first hour, imagine the next six. We need to get a message to the whole plane. We just need to be ready. 
Can you smell vigilante justice? Oh yeah, I do. Five passengers on that plane do not exist. It's a network running all across Europe. To them, we're an incoming missile. Just make him James Bond. Like well, exactly. you're putting him in all these. Just make him James Bond. Well, this is a James Bond movie. I was going to say, hasn't he been in the running for to replace Bond? He doesn't want to play. He like refused. Oh, okay. he like doesn't want to do it. Okay. He thinks it should be a younger guy. Okay, okay, interesting. Because oh, I'm wondering if this is like him kind of like auditioning for that. Can you see me in this? Yeah, you know no. I mean? After like, Daniel Craig announced, there was like an uproar of like it's got to be Idris Elba, and they're right. Yeah, he just didn't want to do it. He is a good actor. He's great at Stringer, Stringer Bell. Bell. You Stringer forget Fun. that he's Stringer oh, he's Bell. Stringer Bell. He's great. He's great. His voice, I mean, it's perfect. Like, he, you don't know he's British. You have no sense yeah. of that. But anyway, man. That's the show. It's yeah, looking like that was a quick down. one. We're, I'm getting back in the flow of doing the show during a work week. So next yeah. show will be more planned out. I kind yeah. of weird. This was kind of a by the seat of the pants episode. That's fine. I had a lot of TV league stuff, but I feel like this was a fun show. It's fine. We did what we do. We were clear headed. I didn't lose my train of thought. Not at which all. Which I sometimes do. I get self-conscious about that. For those listening, James Bailey, you're out there sometimes I lose my train of thought. But you know some when I've watched parts of episodes, it's not as obvious. You know what I mean? It's not as obvious as I think it is. They don't know. It's like when you when you when you when you lose a joke in your head and you're on stage, the audience can't read your mind. You know what I mean? They, so you just don't acknowledge it. Just go on to the next joke. So, oh look at he's just such a he's our savior. He really is. Look at that tan. <laughs> it's gonna be Biden and Trump again. God. God. Oh, so gross. If it, if Trump wins again, which is a distinct possibility, and if they get the Senate and they keep the House, which I think is going to be a challenge because they have the Supreme Court, uh, what will probably happen budget-wise is they will cut the social safety net between 3 and $4 trillion over the next decade. Between 3 and $4 trillion. That's what they're going to do. They're going to cut the social safety net that much. If that happens... If that happens, that will uh, double the poverty rate in this country. Number of people in poverty in this country will double. We're going on welfare, baby. You know, that's, that's what will happen. Well, no, it, it won't exist. Yeah. There won't be welfare. Or it'll be cut, cut dramatically. You're going to see a lot more people on the street if that happens. You'll see a lot like shanty. It, it's just basically turning it into Rio or something. We're fucked, you know? You know? basically, is what's yeah. happening. If he wins. If he doesn't win, it might finally be the death nail of his you know it might yeah i've been you know it's just yeah but but damage done god it's just what a pivot the nature of politics yes yeah. can you believe colin changed. pivoting on the broncos like that <laughs> all right all right thank you very much we're going to close it out with a little alanis morissette you Ooh. ought to know big hit from 1996 which we're still in in tv history we'll see you next week or whenever the fuck good night yeah. want you to know I'm happy for you I wish nothing but the best for you both I know the version of me Is she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in a theater? Does she speak eloquently? And would she have your best?
We are off the air when we are off the air.